click, pay, and download instantly. Welcome to the podcast. G'day, Jason Hoyt here. If you enjoy a bit of shadow batting in the office or at home, then check out the ACC's BYC Cricket Podcast, available on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, mate. Your home for live sport. Five in a row! The best from the land. G'day, New Zealand. I'm Jamie Mackay. And the greatest hits. Gold AM. Streaming on iHeartRadio. Just search Gold AM. When I want you in my arms when I want you and all your charms whenever I want you all I have to do is dream oh, G'day New Zealand, this is The Country, I'm Jamie Mackay, Rowena Duncan joining me We were having a good scrap uh, <laughs> while the news was on over which Everly Brothers song we would play and I actually wanted Glenn Campbell's version of um, all I have to do is dream But I might have to Defer to you here Rowena Maybe I should have gone with the Everly Brothers <laughs> You think? It wasn't Glenn Campbell who died That boat has long sailed Glenn's already dead unfortunately yes. More's the shame, I love Glenn Campbell Rightio, uh, Ian Foster Well he'll be happy at the moment He's just signed on till the end of the 2023 Rugby World Cup As the All Blacks coach Breaking news for you if you haven't caught up with that one very shortly, Cameron Baggery's waiting on hold. Uh, the cost of COVID for the primary sector and perhaps more importantly, the cost of the international supply chain. Bit of a red flag there. Barbara Kuriger and Christopher Luxon. Well, will I call him Chris? I don't know. It's his debut, I yeah, think. Yeah, he hasn't Has he been on show. the country before? No, no, he hasn't. So, so that's our panel today. They're none too pleased about the Water Services Bill. And the imposition it will place on rural New Zealand that will affect about 70,000 of you, apparently. Jane Smith, life on the farm, her North Otago farm under Level 4 lockdown, and the inconvenient truth about methane. I can't believe this. Hunter McGregor's our China correspondent. This is a nation with 1.4 billion people, and they've got a labour shortage. Wow. I, can I never saw that one coming. No, I didn't see it coming either. I can see why in New Zealand with 5 million people and 4% unemployment we might have a bit of a labour issue, but China, really? And how are our leading rural businesses operating under Level 4 over the next week or two? We're going to catch up with some of them and see what they're doing to mitigate what is... Very awkward time to conduct a business. So it's Tim Myers from Norwood to do all that. And, of course, it is the Everly Brothers. Which one died, Don or Phil? I'm just trying to Google that one. So you should have done your homework on that one. See, oh, I was least too busy I, arguing at, with at, you. At least I know Glenn's dead. Yes. Yeah, well, right. I knew that as okay, well. well. You and I will have a scrap while this plays, and we'll come back and talk to Cameron Bagrew. Dreaming my life
He's an independent economist. His name is Cameron Bagri. Let's have a look at the cost of COVID. It is very costly, but I guess from a farming point of view, Cameron, life on the farm continues and the farming and primary sector uh, remain relatively, in fact, almost totally productive. Um, the farming sector or those rural communities, yeah, that's the place to be at the moment. You know, Economics 101 is that uh, you know, the world needs food, the world needs to eat. Uh, New Zealand produces food. You know, we're a massive net food exporter to the tune of about $30, $35 billion. You know, so it's, a, it's the biggest game in town by an absolute country mile. Now, see, New Zealand is in a pretty good position on the face of it. Uh, still challenges there on the other side. Yeah, we can produce the stuff, but you've still got to get the market. Uh, supply chain, costs of getting the stuff to market is, is, is a big issue. Yeah, but yeah, farmers, well, certainly you'd be smiling at the moment relative to if you were living in the likes of Auckland. Yes, the cost of that supply chain is increasing on a, on a daily basis. Look, the OCR was, was put on hold, and that's the only word for it, last week. Unless this COVID thing really blows up, and that's on the cards as well, there will be a rise in interest rates. Yeah, there will be at, at some stage. Um, emphasis here on at some stage, and that's fundamentally a good news story, Jamie. You know, it's telling us that the New Zealand economy is, is actually done extremely well. You know, we're at what's called maximum sustainable employment, which is also called sort of full employment, which does not mean everybody's got a job, but it just means we've eliminated that cyclical aspect of unemployment. You know, what we've got now is a structural unemployment, and that takes an awful lot of hard work to identify factors that can put an awful lot of people into work, you know, matching their skills with what employers want. And that's going to take a long time to address structural unemployment. But interest rates are going to be moving up. Are they going to be moving up an awful long way? Well, the Reserve Bank said a couple of weeks ago that their first port of call is to take the official cash rate to what's called the neutral rate. And the neutral rate is where they've neither got the foot on the accelerator or the foot on the brake. Now, that rate is around 2%, which is a long way lower than where it was way back sort of 2000, way back in 2000, the neutral OCR was up around 5, 5.5%. So yes, interest rates at some stage are going to move up. Is it a horrifying economic story? The answer is no. It's telling us that the economy is in a, in a really good economic space, subject to the near-term challenges at the moment. So we should be embracing the whole idea of interest rates moving up, because it's telling that there's a little bit of sense normality returning. Of course, the, the flip side, and we've got to be careful here, is that we don't want New Zealand sort of leading the charge too far in regard to lifting our official cash rate when other countries around the globe are not, because that's the recipe for a higher currency, and a higher currency, if you don't see it compensated for higher commodity prices, tends to hit the rural community. Why are the equity markets on the charge? Well, a little bit puzzling, because if you actually have a look at what we're seeing around the globe at the moment, your COVID is escalating internationally. And what that has actually done is it's seen interest rates actually fall. Yeah, so we've seen this in New Zealand. Yeah, the market has pushed out expectations that the OCR is going to be moving up. We've seen a big bellwether indicator, which is the US 10-year Treasury, has gone down. You know, interest rates have actually fallen. What does that do? Well, it forces up equity valuations. So it's one of the sort of ironic situations where bad news 
is good news. You know, way back in the sort of good old days, Jamie, you know, good news was good news and bad news is bad news. But for equity markets, you know, asset prices, they tend to take on a little bit of a bad as good or good as bad in regard to inverse movements between interest rates and valuations. Well, on that bad news, or was it good news, I'll love you and leave you. Cameron Bagri, always appreciate your time here on The Country. It's always good to chat. Thank you, Jamie, and all the best. Thank you, Cameron. 14 after 12. Yeah, the equity markets. I've seen the New Zealand top NZX 50 index is up another better better than half a percent today over the last five days up four percent so COVID is not bad news for everybody I wonder if that's people sitting at home bored and getting on sharesies. Oh, there you go, maybe, maybe. Uh, Grant Robertson also, he's the Finance Minister as well as the Deputy Prime Minister, um, fronted the Finance and Expenditure Committee via Zoom today. Obviously, Parliament's been suspended for a week. He uh, told MPs around 130,000 businesses have had wage subsidy applications approved with almost half a billion dollars already paid out. That is a lot quicker than we saw last year. Yeah, and I read a story this morning, and our company was involved in this. The first time round, a lot of the big corporates were in boots and all they didn't mm. know what they were facing. Apparently only one big corporate thus far is in on this. Okay. Well, which is good because yeah. they don't need it. It's for the small businesses. It's for the cafes, the hospo people. It's for, if you're listening, Grant, it's for the butchers and the greengrocers and the fishmongers who you should have open and trading. And Anyhow, the bakers. That's just, yeah, and the bakers. Yeah. Bakeries. What yeah. makes a baker different from a dairy owner? Uh, exactly. I uh, had a text through to 5009. Yeah, sorry, no, I won't say that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> uh, to say that it was Don Everly who passed away, who was 84 years of age, and also uh, passing away recently was uh, UB40 sax player and songwriter Brian Travers as well, 62. Up next, today's panel, Barbara Kuriger, Christopher Luxon, none too pleased about the water services bill. Look, if you're out there on a farm or a rural property and, you've, you're, and your water system is supplying more than one house, and that would be a lot of the water systems around the country, uh, you're in trouble if the government has its way. We'll have a look at that one next. Jane Smith, uh, Hunter McGregor and Tim Myers before the end of the hour. And I need you Today's panel features a couple of Nats. One of them is making his debut on the country. Christopher Luxon, former Chief Executive of Air New Zealand, these days local government spokesperson for National. But I'm going to start with Barbara Kuriger, well known to country listeners. Barbara, surely under Level 4 lockdown you're out on the farm, elbows deep in cows. Carving, of course. I should be, Jamie. I'd be a bit more productive, but uh, actually I'm locked down in New Plymouth and uh, just working away with my MP stuff. Of course, we're not on holiday. We're still working, but uh, not as productive as we would be if we were uh, working on the farm. Righty, we're going to talk about rural water schemes in a moment, but let's welcome on to the country uh, Chris Luxon. Uh, And Chris, uh, lockdown in botany, no cafes. What are you doing? Yeah, well, certainly not a lot of farmland in Botany, uh, Jamie, at all. It's all been converted into houses and flatbush and Ormiston. Um, Botany's quite an interesting area, actually. I mean, over 55% of the people uh, in Botany were born overseas, so it's a pretty diverse place. Um, and so you've got a lot of different communities to sort of touch base with and make sure they're doing okay through lockdown. Lockdown's pretty tough on many people, as you well know, across the country, but um, a lot of it's just exactly as Barb's doing, you know, getting out, talking with our people on the phone, doing Zoom, seeing how we can help. Um, a lot of businesses struggling with, you know, getting workers uh, that work out whether they're essential or not essential, those sorts of things. So you actually get really busy as an electric MP during lockdown. Um, 
and, and lots of work to do. I can imagine why Barbara's getting all fired up about rural water schemes. What's your interest? Well, I mean, I'm, I've been sitting on the select committee that's been working on this legislation for the Water Services Bill, and essentially, look, there's some good stuff in the legislation that really creates some good obligations around councils, which is where a lot of our water risk has been sitting, if you think about Havelock North and, and what you've experienced down there in Otago around lead and stuff. Um, but what we're really extremely concerned about is essentially it's deeming everybody, the only people that are exempted and are not called water suppliers anymore are those that have got a single dwelling with a single domestic supply of water. If you happen to have a holiday home that you share a bore with the neighbour, but more importantly, if you know, I've talked to some farmers up north, if you've got you know five properties, you know um, houses you supply your parents, your house and three workers' houses, uh, you're now a water supplier. And as a result, you've got to register and comply with a whole bunch of legislation. Um, we just think, look, that's nuts. There's going to be about 70,000 people caught up in rural farm schemes um, as a result. And essentially, we should just say, look, if you've got, if you're supplying up to 30 endpoint users through a water um, scheme or water uh, on your farm, then you should be exempted um, as a result. Because a, it's going to be a bureaucratic nightmare. B, there's a hell of a lot of stuff coming at farmers, and you've just got to think through. You know, slope rules and freshwater regulations and labour workforce shortages, ute taxes, all the other stuff that's been going on. The government's just raining a hell of a lot of regulations down on these folks. You won't get an argument from me. Barbara, it just appears that it's just an added compliance cost administrative uh, burden for the rural and more, and more importantly during these tough times, the productive sector. Oh, exactly. I mean, people should start to appreciate the productive sector because, yet again, uh, we are economically getting the country through another downturn. But look, it is another set of regulations. I mean, it's a, people just love being out on their farms and they've got enough things to fill out, like their farm plans. Uh, they've got health and safety plans. They've got all these things. But there's, there's been no problems with this issue. And so it's another register. It's another set of compliance. It's another cost. And what's even more mind-boggling is who's actually going to monitor all of this? Like, it's just another administrative nightmare for what? Well, and as a result of that, the peer review, and I'll go back to you, Chris, uh, launching a petition. You're encouraging, obviously, not only farmers in the productive sector, but I, I, I guess urban New Zealand as well, to have a look at your petition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the real focus is really with those, you know, 70,000, you know, rural arrangements that we think that exist across the country. But, you know, it even supports, you know, cafe, latte, sort of the drinking folk up here in Auckland who sort of have holiday homes that might share boards and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, what we've done is, you know, Barb and I have started a petition um, called is that national.org.nz, Stop Raining Regs on Rural New Zealand. We've had almost 7,000 people sign that as of this morning. So within about 36 to 48 hours, people are saying, yep, that's a big issue for us. And what we're trying to do is that, in theory, this week we're supposed to be back in Parliament. This legislation's coming back to the House. Um, we want to stand up and oppose the legislation. We were putting forward a... Um, a supplementary order paper which basically says, look, we're good with the legislation if you exempt, uh, you know, 30 endpoint users and small water suppliers. Uh, and um, and then, um, but, but essentially we want to be able to stand up in Parliament knowing that we've got uh, lots of support around us. So, yeah, we'd love it if we could get as many of your listeners or anyone out there, uh, I think urban and rural, frankly, uh, this is of interest too, and we really want them to sort of support us because it makes it much e- our job much easier when we can stand up and say, well, we've got tens of thousands of people backing us as well. I've got to wind things up. It would be remiss of me while I've got you on the show uh, not to ask you about the National Party. Are you happy at this stage just to be the MP for Botany? 
Yeah, look, it's been a fun seven or eight months so far. I mean, there's a hell of a lot to learn. I mean, if you're going to be any good at this and actually build a good career in politics, you've really got to master your electorate. You've got to learn the party. You've really got to understand the peculiarities of Parliament, which is um, probably my biggest challenge at the moment. OK, Chris, really quickly to finish on, you must find it a bit frustrating after calling all the shots at Air New Zealand to be on the back benches and not really being able to call the shots. <laughs> No, look, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm really enjoying being part of this team. It's a great bunch of people, actually, the 33 MPs that are in there for national. Uh, I, I get it, you know, people write what they want to write about it, but the reality is we've got some really talented folk, and um, I've got a lot to learn. And so, you know, people like Barb have been really good to me because I've got to learn about the electorate, I've got to learn about the party, I've got to learn about parliament, uh, which is an odd place, uh, and, and certainly my portfolios. And so um, I'm really enjoying it, actually. I think the biggest thing for me is that you know, I'm looking at a government that really um, fundamentally is you know, wasting a lot of money, you know, growing massive bureaucracy, all about centralisation and control, and frankly just not getting things done. And, and having come from a management background where you sort of wake up each morning working out how you make things work and get things done, um, that's the biggest opportunity I think we've got to do, and that's what we as a national party got to focus on. Chris Luxon, I'm out of time. Thanks very much for yours. <laughs> Are you still there, Barbara? I am. OK, look, thank you very much. Get out and do something on the farm. Thank you. When I'm not locked down, I'll be able to shift. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. See ya. Bye. 26 after 12. Sorry about that. Move, Jamie. She's stuck in New Plymouth. She can't just go to the farm just because she wants to until the weekend. Well, if it's a place place of employment, she can. But Parliament is. You can have two jobs. Some of us have only got half a job, haven't <laughs> we, Rowena? Actually, I I've knew. got I've got something for you oh, okay. and, and other millennials who need a bit of a shake up. Uh, a bit later in the hour, we're going to be talking to Hunter McGregor. I can't believe this. One point four billion people in China, and they have a labour shortage. And there's a new movement amongst the millennials, such as yourself, and it's called lying flat. We'll tell you about okay. that a bit later. In the hour. Up I like next, the sound of it already. Up next, though, Jane Smith. Uh, life on the farm under level four lockdown, as I said, Hunter McGregor. And uh, Tim Myers, how are our big um, agricultural businesses getting on under level four? We'll have a look at all that before the end of the hour. We'll update rural news for you. A big story with the FTA with yes. with, with the UK. And a glaring emission. And England, yes. And we'll look at that one on tomorrow's show with Damien O'Connor. And, of course, the big sports news. There's not much of that about at the moment. Uh, Ian Foster has re-signed as All Black coach through to the end of the 2023 Rugby World Cup, assuming, of course, we have one. Let's head to the coalface, find out about life on the farm under Level 4 lockdown. Jane Smith, North Otago farmer, award-winning environmentalist. We are going to talk, um, incidentally, about the inconvenient truth about methane. But before that, Jane, in North Otago, how are you getting on? Does Level 4 make life more difficult or perhaps easier for you? There you go. Good afternoon, Jamie. Um, Probably a little bit of both. There's obviously quite a bit of homeschooling that I'm supposed to be... um I guess leading, and last time under under lockdown, I took quite a sort of a Jacinda lead dictatorial approach <laughs> to homeschooling. Um, I can imagine you channeling your Jacinda. Yes, did you see her at the press conference yesterday? She has no. a very school mistress like demeanour. I know, and that's quite a concern, Jamie. But this time, actually, I've taken more of a sort of a free range, <laughs> um, capitalist approach. So basically, if they work hard, they'll get the rewards. 
Um, Bribery, and, Jane. Exactly, and I also like to give them a few lectures um, with some <laughs> geopolitical undertones, so that makes them... Oh, the, the poor really. kids, the poor kids. Yeah. But I guess I want to acknowledge, Jamie, that you're sure business is usual for us on the farm, and, and again, thank you for those industries that are helping us do that in terms of, um, you know, the... the um, meat processing and, and milk processing, etc., that's still going on. Um, but there's a lot of businesses out there that would love to be operating but just can't be, and, and it, that's pretty frustrating for them, Jamie. So they're under a lot of pressure. So I've just got to be a little bit careful that I'm not too um, casual about saying it's business as usual because, um, you know, again, I'd like to acknowledge those people that are, are wanting to keep the GDP running but really can't under this situation. Talk to me about the inconvenient truth about methane. Well, it's really interesting, Jamie, and I guess in my mind there's sort of three different areas to this. There's obviously the, uh, when, you, when you talk about the, the carbon debate, if you like, there's a the fossil fuel side of things, which actually per capita, I mean, again, because of our low population and, our, you know, we're not churning out a whole lot of factories, we actually sit pretty well per capita on that. There's the um, methane debate, which is what I want to talk about, and then, of course, there's the allowance of emitters being able to buy up and offset emissions by buying up land and that's another whole debate that you've heard me talk about that before when you have the likes of Air New Zealand and Genesis and Z Energy buying up land simply to have their business as usual and not change any behaviour but actually um, just offset that. But what I want to talk about is that second one. So essentially our farmers, as you know, Jamie, have been put out there by our own government as sort of carbon terrorists because, uh, you know, per capita if you like, because we produce 10 times as much food um, than, our, than our population for our exports, we're often seen as, as, as you know, the, the biggest problem. But, and I often get asked to explain this rationale um, for, to my Global Farmer Roundtable colleagues because they're really intrigued that the, the globe's most efficient primary producers is, are essentially being thrown under the bus um, because we are using the, the wrong methodology, I guess. And look, this is not me coming from sort of a right-wing stance at all. I mean, the um, IPCC report, um, and it's actually some interesting reading if, if people, and they probably have got the time at the moment, um, you know, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change talk about this in Chapter 7, that we actually need to make sure that we are using the right metrics around this. So, um, and, and the reason I'm really concerned about this, Jamie, is is that, that this is an intergenerational noose. If we don't get this right now, if we don't use the right methodology, this is going to really uh, influence farming and, and growers um, for, for generations to come. And look, I'm no expert on this. You really need to talk to people like Jacqueline Rowith and Graham Gleeson and Andrew Hoggard and Steve Cranston and Rick Burke. I mean, they are people that, that have expertise in this. I'm, I'm just really the, the barking hunt away on this. But, you know, again, the number one message that we need to get across to the, to the government and to the public and, and to the world is, is actually sits exactly with the IPCC report and the Paris Accord. Um, and that is actually that the misunderstanding that emissions are directly related um, to warming. So we've got to talk about the warming effect of our emissions, not gross emissions. So All right, Jane, you're starting to lose me a wee bit there. Look, I know that you were at a recent gathering in Wellington, right, with farm industry leaders, and that's all very well. But is anyone listening? I got the distinct impression after talking to the Prime Minister last week that she is not listening to, for instance, Groundswell. Oh, look, Jamie, we're at a point that... that they need to be listening, and um, we've got to really make sure we've got a united front on this, and I think we are very, we're at that now. So, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if the government wants to get on their high horse, we're essentially breaking two rules of the Paris Agreement, and that would be we're, we're using the wrong methane accounting metric 
that all other agriculture producers will be using and will be decreasing food production, and you know that. So it's really a united way forward. And, um, and again, there's nothing, um, you know, this is, a, this is a practical way forward. I'm not trying to reinvent any sort of science, but I guess this is the issue. We're seeing sort of an extremist minority exercising their influence um, through Parliament and without the public and the global mandate, mandate to do so. So, um, and it, you've heard me talk before that the government has confessed that they are a value, values-based government, so that's sort of an Alice in Wonderland way of saying we don't need to justify our decisions, our actions or our inactions. So, um, and, and basically they, they um, are running a real risk of, of, I guess, being the laughingstock of the world if we're utilising the wrong metrics around us and we're decreasing food production at a massive cost globally um, because, again, as you know, someone else in another corner of the world will produce that um, unit of, of food or fibre and um, at a much higher carbon and water and, um, I guess, human uh, footprint. So yeah. that, that is a concern, Jamie. Exactly, and it would help if we uh, accounted for all the carbon that is sequestered on farm in this country and chuck that into the equation too. Something for David Parker to ponder. Uh, Jane Smith, thanks for your time. Good luck with the homeschooling. Thank you, Jamie. And Jane, of course, is in North Otago. Thanks, Jane. Uh, where earlier in the year I went along with someone else whose name I can't mention and we planted some native trees at Waitaki Boys High School. It was all a part of the Rabobank Good Deeds Initiative. It's that time of the year. So for the fifth year in a row, Rabobank and the team here, that's us, that's me and you at this stage, Ro, <laughs> and Tessa uh, and Jane, have um, we've teamed up. And there's a, if you've got a community project that would benefit from $5,000 worth of funding along with a day's labour, courtesy of the teams at Rabobank, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of them and us, um, you just need to go to the website, The Country, or our website, thecountry.co.nz, click on the Win With The Country banner to enter now. Entries close September the 3rd. There's also two runner-up prizes. They get a grand each and a day's labour from your local Rabobank team as well. Remember, go to thecountry.co.nz and click on Win With The Country to enter the Rabobank Good Deeds Initiative. Up next, rural news. A lot of feedback coming through on Jane Smith, though. Uh, one coming through from a friend of mine to say Jane Smith should be our Minister for Agriculture. Mm, yeah, well, strange. You always say she's wasted in politics, though. I, 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 you know what? With Jane Smith, I think I know Jane well enough to say I think she'd get too frustrated in, in Parliament. Not actually being and able it surprises to me, even, even with the likes of a Luxon and a John Key, they're used to calling the shots. Very difficult if you're sitting uh, on the opposition backbenches. But anyhow, up next, we're going to um, have the latest in rural news and sports news. Ian Foster has re signed as All Blacks coach through to the 2023 Rugby World Cup. The country's rural news with Lawnmaster. Hardworking products for hardworking Kiwis since 1946. Visit steelfort.co.nz for your local stockist. In rural news, the UK government's released information about the proposed free trade agreement between the UK and New Zealand, which could be signed as soon as later this month. So there's specific information and reference to things like honey and apples and wine tariffs. Also on the flip side, British gin, chocolate, clothing and cars. What there's not mention of, though, and that 
has got uh, some of the business leaders a little bit anxious is that there is no uh, reference to red meat, which obviously is pretty much a non-negotiable for New Zealand. So we will have Minister for Agriculture, Damien O'Connor, on tomorrow's show to put it to him. Is this actually still on the table or has it slipped beneath it? That is Rural News. Here's Sport. Sport with AFCO. Visit their new website at afco.co.nz. Ian Sport, Ian Foster will coach the All Blacks until the 2023 World Cup. New Zealand Rugby's announced Foster signed on for another two years. And the whistle's been blown on rugby for this weekend, but the governing body are still hoping to play the full Bunnings NPC Farah Palmer Cup and Heartland Championship schedule. Tony Finau has ended a five-year drought on the PGA Tour, winning the opening finals event in a playoff from Cam Smith. And a fork in the road of runner Nick Willis as he contemplates a future away from the track. The 38-year-old double Olympic medalist accepts he's probably run his last 1,500 metres at elite level after making the semi-finals at his fifth Games in Tokyo. Now he needs to weigh up his prospects of advancing to the marathon. Jamie. Yeah, great athlete Nick Willis. And in breaking news, the latest location of interest, wait for it, no. drum roll. No, no, it's no. It's not Eden Park. Oh, it's not Eden Park. It's Jacinda's favourite cafe. More oh. about that at the top of the hour, one o'clock. Up next, we're off to where it all began, China. Enough of COVID on the show today. Let's go, though, to where it all began. Or did it? China. The China virus, as Donald Trump would call it. Our man over there is Hunter McGregor, a Kiwi selling venison in Shanghai. And have you got to the bottom of that? It did start in Wuhan, didn't it, Hunter? Well, we think so. Um, I'm not too sure. It's like, like everybody else, if you keep reading the news, you get more confused. Exactly. Let's kick COVID the touch. Here's an interesting topic. I couldn't believe it when you emailed me this last night. China, with a population of, what, 1.4 billion and counting and climbing, should I say, has labour shortages. How can that be? Well, it's it's really interesting. Every company that I talk to um, is struggling to find decent staff. Now, you can find staff, but you have to pay them more and they're not as good as what what they should be. Um, yeah, especially in the in the food service industry here, you know, restaurants are really struggling uh, for staff. And, and in Shanghai, there's some there's some uh, interesting pressures around that with accommodation costs increasing, taxes are going up. So you know it's just really hard to to find people and then also retain them. There's also a new movement, and I can sympathise with this amongst the young. It's the movement of the moment, and it's called Lying Flat, which advocates for lying down instead of working hard. I thought that was ingrained into the Chinese to work hard. Well, it, it is in the older generations, but you know, the younger generation that sort of <clears throat> that, that that grew up with two sets with two parents, two sets of grandparents looking after them, and they were one child. So they've sort of been spoon-fed everything right through. And then when they, now they're all hitting the workforce, and some of them are saying, well, that's enough. Um, working is a bit hard. I'll just go home, and my, my, my parents and grandparents will continue to look after me. Um, and it's a real problem, and, and it's right through China, you know. So uh, it is quite interesting. So perhaps the Chinese aren't as compliant as I thought they were. That was the impression I got, and I've been lucky enough to visit the country twice now. Well, it's like anything. Uh, the younger generation um, ha- has different views, and you know the, the younger generation here has, has grown up in a modern China, um, so everything has been a lot easier than their parents and grandparents. Um, you know, and, and especially their grandparents who had to work extremely hard 
to pull the whole country out of poverty. So, you know, the different generations have a very different view on things. They're much more westernised. Talking about westernised, your diets are more westernised and that's affecting uh, how the restaurants are running. We talked about the food service industry, didn't we? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. If you talk to a western restaurant here, um, you know, what a lot of people are doing, you know, especially western restaurants, they they had to turn from foreigners and travellers to local people, and when local, you know, when a Chinese person goes to a Western restaurant, they actually share their food. So what people, what restaurants are doing is they do, they now just do big shared platters and shared plates because that's the way that people consume food. But you know, the re- I was talking to a, a mate of mine that's got a restaurant on the Bund here in Shanghai, um, and you know he's down forty percent staff. Um, so he has to adjust his menu to make it a lot easier. Um, and, but they're just they're probably more busier than last year. So, you know, um, he's under the pump, so he doesn't get much time to, to go out and watch rugby with me, which is unfortunate. How much of your kiwi venison makes it on to his menu? Uh, quite a bit, actually, <laughs> which is good, which is good. Actually, also, um, he's the only rest- he's a kiwi chef, and he's the only restaurant that I know in Shanghai that sells New Zealand beef, full-time on, on its menu. I don't know any other restaurant that sells um, a New Zealand beef steak on their menu full-time. Hunter McGregor, thank you very much for your time. Uh, do appreciate it, and we hardly mentioned COVID at all. The chain of virus. See you later. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. See ya. Yes, well, as promised, we're going to wander around and have a yarn to some of the leading agricultural businesses in the country to see how they're faring under Level 4 lockdown. Let's start with our naming sponsor, Norwood, and Tim Myers, Chief Executive, joins us. Tim, under Level 4, what sort of business are you guys transacting? Well, yeah, g'day, Jamie. Good afternoon. Uh, We are an essential service, so uh, we've got about 250 staff out and about doing their thing. Uh, They are fixing machinery, they are making uh, the urgent repairs that are required to keep our customers moving. So that side of the business is actually quite busy. I can imagine. What about people wandering into the showroom? Obviously can't happen under Level 4, can't even happen under a Level 3, or does that matter anymore? Do people just go online, they know what they want anyhow? Yeah, well I think that's one of the big differences, uh, this lockdown compared to the 2020 lockdown, which coincided really with the end of the season, it was it was April. Um, this time around, we're coming into the season, which means the requirements on farm are very different. So, a lot of the machinery and equipment that we've brought into the country over the last month or so is actually pre-sold. Uh, so, unlike back in April last year, there is actually quite a bit of sales activity too. Uh, so, for example, a, a baler, you know, a baler is urgently needed uh, by our customers at the moment or an example of the product that is, those transactions are still completing. What is the percentage of business that you're transacting compared to uh, pre-Delta COVID lockdown? Yeah, we're probably up uh, somewhere around the 70% mark um, and, and that was actually pretty consistent with what we observed certainly in May last year. So as we started to come out of lockdown, our revenues actually uh, improved quite quickly Uh, This time around, and I think it's more a function of the season than anything else, uh, we're currently running at about 70% of where we'd normally be. But it's also important to remember that a lot of our our staff can actually perform at 100% capacity at home. Uh, And so all of our customer support 
team, all of the people in our customer support team, for example, are at 100% capacity. They're just they're just doing what they do from home. So we've got about 70% of our staff that are actually quite productive. Okay, you're a farming business, no bad pun intended, but what about pastoral care for your um, staff here, you know, their mental yeah. well-being? Yeah, so we're, we're pretty clear on that, um, all of the decisions we make at the moment, and a lot of decisions get made every day, every day of course. All of those decisions uh, have our, our staff and our customers uh, as the centre focus. So um, health and wellbeing, we know it's, it is actually quite stressful working from home. Uh, I was on a call just five minutes before jumping on with you, Jamie, and uh, you know, I've kicked out of, out of my daughter's room. Uh, she's got schoolwork to do. We've got a full house, um, and it's stressful. You know, we're sort of piled up on top of one another. So our expectation is uh, that our people are not expected to work a full eight hours. We're expecting them to just, just do what they can, and it's really an acknowledgement of the additional stresses that come from working from home. Tim Myers, just to finish on, chuck on your chairman's hat of the Manawatu Rugby Union. Are we likely to have a, a compressed MPC rugby competition and FPC, or is it going to be just in the too hard a basket? Too early to say? Oh, look, yeah, it's too early to say, I think, in terms of whether or not we will need a compressed season. I think it is fair to say that every union will be bending over backwards to get something going. Um, the problem with uh, running the, the normal season as it's planned at the moment. You know, the longer this thing runs out, we actually run out of time at the other, at the business end of the season. So, yeah, two or three weeks we might be able to live with. If it drags on for any longer than that, um, we'd probably have to look at changing the format somehow. But with respect to the FPC, the Farrah Palmer Cup, uh, you know, that that is just getting to the pointy end of that season. Um, so we might have a little bit more flexibility there. Um, not so with the men's competition. It's only a couple of weeks into it. At least we've got the All Blacks to look forward to the weekend after this one. Tim Myers, thanks very much for your time. We'll continue our series looking at how the leading rural businesses in the country are handling life under Level 4 lockdown. Thanks for your time. Yeah, all the best, Jane. Cheers. Thank you, Tim. All we've got to go. At one o'clock, it'll be Grant and Ashley updating the numbers. The latest location of interest, Jacinda's favourite cafe. If you want to sign uh, the petition, Barbara Kurga, Chris Luxon, just search uh, Water Services Bill Petition, you'll find it. We will catch you back tomorrow. Take care. We're out of here. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. It is a great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. From the home of the state's land-grant institution, inside the Metro News Radio Network Studios, in the Dale B. Miller Building in Morgantown, it's time for the state's most listened-to sports talk show. This is the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. CityNet, go with the experts that know. And now, across the state of West Virginia and beyond, Sportsline is on the air. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. It is a Monday night on the CityNet Statewide Sportsline. This is the 23rd day of August 2021, and we welcome you in. Tony Caridi along with the beloved coach, Greg Hunter. Coming up on our program, here we are, closing in. 
on the start of the college football season for West Virginia. And for a handful of teams, it's week zero. We've got games coming up. We'll mention that, talk about that coming up in a little bit. And for high school football here in the state of West Virginia, Coach Hunter, it is on. Ready or not, here we go, starting Thursday. Yeah, Thursday we've got a handful of games, and you know most everybody else gets started on Friday. So uh, after a a long wait, the wait we've talked about it. It's not because of other issues. It's not been as long as it typically is, but still seems a long time since we got a chance to talk about real football. Yes, however, COVID continues to be a factor. So here we go, folks, from our own Joe Bricado first cancellation of the high school football season scheduled for Friday of this week the number three rated team Robert C. Bird at number nine Kaiser that game is off Kaiser had its second scrimmage canceled due to COVID issues as well so once again RCB Kaiser is off if the teams are unable to reschedule then Bird would receive a four-foot win. So I guess the incorrect word I used there was cancellation. So right now it's a postponement. If they're unable to reschedule, then it would in fact become a forfeit. One other game has been moved. Elkins at Liberty Harrison, originally scheduled for Friday, moved to next Monday, a week from today. Liberty is coming off of a COVID pause. And unfortunately, the way things are trending, those probably will not be the only times we face these kind of situations throughout the season. I mean, teams did an incredible job last year of adapting. Now, a lot of games were not played, but that last second, and literally some of them (laughs) were last second changes uh, in in, in finding a new opponent when you had an open slot. Um, You know, I I imagine that will still take place this this coming season, I couldn't have imagined a month ago we'd still be in this. Yeah. Here we were, here we are. Conference news, and so what's out there, what isn't out there, well, it continues to be a conversation point, as everyone knows. And in a story in which we really don't know when things will, in fact, happen, happen, it does look like the Pac-12 is on the clock based on the reports from late last week that they are weeks away, weeks away from announcing slash deciding what they're going to do. So that's a weeks away rather than, you know, months away. That's one aspect of that in the Pac-12. We'll see what happens there because, as you know, the next move is going to be significant in that it could it's the house of cards. If you pull the wrong card from the wrong place, and let's face it, at this point, No one's going anywhere that isn't in what's remaining of the Big 12. Everyone else is just standing pat. Mm -hmm. So that's weeks away. Now, it's also announced today that former WVU Athletic Director Oliver Luck would be serving as a consultant for the Big 12 Conference in this ongoing situation. Interesting, Mm -hmm. to say the least. So you can look at it from a bunch of different ways. And if I'm looking at it from one way, if I'm Bob Bowlesby, I'm not feeling good for this reason. So if you want to blame someone, 
which I would think would be, okay, you can say what you want. doesn't matter what I think. But obviously he got caught. Mm-hmm. Whether it was his fault or not, he didn't know about it, and it caught him blindsided like it caught everyone else blindsided. But if there needs to be a sacrifice to improve your chances or to move on, you bring in Oliver. Oliver's always had desires. Everyone knows he wanted the Texas job badly, the AD job. And obviously that didn't work out. And then went to the NCAA and was there for a handful. Then XFL, and that blew up, and that's still in the court. And then name surfaced for the Pac-12 commissioner's job. And now into the Big 12 office, and the Big 12 office obviously is not in a good position. So keep your eye on that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, from you know what, whatever happens with Bowlesby, and, you know, and, and again, it I guess it can't hurt to put all the eyeballs on this situation as possible and get anybody's opinion as you move forward. And you know, Luck was heavily involved the last time there was a major shakeup. Uh, obviously from West Virginia's side, so uh, get his thoughts as you move forward. But, yeah, the, the other part of it, and, and again, you know, he he was a guy when it happened, so, you you know, many people are going to blame Bowlesby. We've had people call here and text here on our show over the last month about that. And, you know, I, I try to defend him because I, I think he is incredibly intelligent and has been a great commissioner, but the fact of the matter is it was on his watch. So, unfortunately, unless this thing gets turned around, it will be ever forever his legacy, just like John Marinato or mm-hmm. whomever. Mm-hmm. Reality, it may not be their fault, but they were the ones that were there. And now is, is Ali brought in as commissioner in, in waiting. I'd heard about this about a month ago when all this stuff started. His name was mentioned, but also I'd heard several names. Mm-hmm. We're going to be brought in as consultants. I don't know if they've pared it down to just Oliver or, I mean, to be honest, I heard Jim Delaney, the retired Big uh, Ten commissioner, heard his name mentioned, heard Condoleezza Rice's name mentioned mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Potentially could bring in a little a, a group of people to try to figure out exactly what the, the next play is. So uh, so you got that aspect of it. The uh, – Associated Press today releasing its preseason All-American team. Some familiar names. How about this? Offensively. So this is first team. First team, AP. You've got Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler. First team All-American. Both of the running backs are from the Big 12. Brees Hall and Bajan Robinson. I stood next to, got near Brees Hall at, Big 12 media day. Did he come up to your armpit? No, he's he, he's dude. He's thick, but he's short, right? No, short didn't really – no, I didn't no? really get short. Okay. No, 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 no. That no, was no, my no, opinion, no, no. but I haven't I been next to him. So. No, I didn't get short. I got just like, wowzo. Wowzo. He's very good. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so those so the Big 12's got the first-team quarterback and two the, the, the two first-team running backs. Um, They've got the tight end, mm-hmm. Charlie Kohler from Iowa State flipping here defensively eh, don't see any uh, 
Oh yeah, Oklahoma, Nick Oklahoma, Benito. Yeah, Nick Benito, Oklahoma's, the junior junior linebacker, mm-hmm. and Mike Rose. So you got mm-hmm. two linebackers from the Big Twelve. Now on the second team side of things, there is a Mountaineer, Dante Stills, has been named a preseason All American by the Associated Press as one of the defensive tackles. So congratulations to Dante. And I'm always the guy that wants to be cautious, but every time I've seen practice since last spring through this this fall, Dante looks like he's ready to dominate. You know, it, again, we've talked about him before. He needs to develop that consistency down in and down out. But, boy, he, he's looked really, really good. I mean, West Virginia's got some offensive linemen that have nice futures in front of them. And when he wants to go, West Virginia hadn't been able to block him. Yep. Absolutely. Um, coming up later in our program, we're going to hook up with Bob Williams. Remember Bob, longtime head coach at West Virginia Tech, basketball coach. He, this month, was named the new head basketball coach at Fork Union Military Academy. And for those that follow basketball and follow uh, West Virginia through the years, we've had relationship and association with Fork Union Military Academy, Fletcher Arrett, who recently passed away, former Mountaineer Brooks Berry at Fork Union. In fact, uh, Brooks, uh, Brooks's dad was, Brooks's father-in-law was Fletcher Arrett, and uh, Brooks is still there involved with the school. And now uh, Bob Williams will be taking over. We'll catch up with Bob, 403 career wins in his college coaching ranks, Led West Virginia Tech to the NAIA tournament um, four different times. And uh, it'll be interesting. I'd love to get his take on taking over a very prestigious prep program in Fork Union Military Academy, which is uh, which is based in Georgia. And through the years, we've had a bunch of Mountaineers. Oh, yeah. A bunch of Mountaineers come through. For those that know, FUMA. You just go like <laughs> FUMA on that Fork Union Military Academy. All right, do stay with us. When we come back. Uh, our questions and text line open 304-TALK-304. That's 304-TALK-304. We would love to hear from you. Bob Williams a little bit later on, plus we'll talk some more Mountaineers as we get ready for the start of the season. Stay with us. CityNet, statewide, sports line. Risk-free up to $5,000. Caesars Sportsbook is also the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. Win or lose, every bet earns you more with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21. Offer valid in West Virginia only and for new players. Paid in free bets. Terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. Caesars Sportsbook. Your app is ready, Emperor. You've probably heard it. Community risk reduction means checking your smoke alarms to make sure they're working properly. It means having a plan in case of an emergency. It means being vigilant and checking on your neighbors. Community risk reduction is not a new program. It's a mindset change. If it's predictable, it's preventable. The CRR approach increases public safety because of the collective work with the community to understand, assess, and provide inclusive solutions to community safety issues. Brought to you by the Office of the State Fire Marshal. This September, excitement will fill the air and fans will fill the stands as the Mountaineers kick off the 2021 football season. Join a 
us here on the Metro News Radio Network for the most comprehensive, most provocative, most reliable game day coverage. WVU opens the season Saturday, September 4th with a road trip to College Park, Maryland and a renewed matchup against the Maryland Terrapins. The award-winning Golden Blue Countdown starts at noon, followed by the sports brunch. At 3.30, follow along with all the action during the game on Game Line. Then at 6.30, it's the Golden Blue Wrap-Up, followed by the point after. Hobby, Brad, Kyle, Hunter, Jeff, Dave, and the rest of the crew bring you stories, insights, late-breaking news, and more. It's Golden Blue Game Day when the Mountaineers play here on the Metro News Radio Network and online at WVMetroNews.com. WVU Medicine Children's has been named the number one children's hospital in West Virginia by U.S. News and World Report. We're the largest group of pediatric primary, specialty, and high-risk maternal care physicians and surgeons in the state. And we're home to the only pediatric cardiac surgery program and pediatric epilepsy monitoring unit in the state. Trust your child's care to West Virginia's top children's hospital, WVU Medicine Children's. Visit children's.wvumedicine.org. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News, for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them. Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We're ready to start your day with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. As school gets started this week in Monongalia County, transportation officials are urging drivers to be aware of their surroundings when approaching a school bus. Wherever they're heading, it's not that urgent that they have to run the red lights on a school bus. Take that extra couple minutes and be safe, vigilant for our students out there. That's Monongalia County Schools Transportation Director Tony Harris. Kyle Wiggs at the Sports Desk. We have the preseason Metro News High School football rankings out in AAA. Martinsburg, number one with 14 first place votes. Double A. Fairmont Senior, number one with 14 first place votes. Single A. Wheeling Central, the near unanimous, number one. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sitting at Statewide Sports Line with Coach Greg Hunter. Senator has the night off. I may have misspoken. Someone sent me a text and said, uh, Fork Union Military Academy is not in Georgia. No, they're in Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Did I say Virginia? I thought I, I thought I said. Yeah, it's in, it's in actually Fork Union 
Virginia. Oh, he was asking me. Puma's not in Georgia? No. no. Puma's not in Georgia. It's in Virginia. Puma's right. in, uh, yes. Puma is in Virginia. All right, some, uh, some text coming in from you. Question, football. How are the Martin boys doing? Kerry Martin, Sean Martin. I know they're no relation, but how are they doing? How much playing time do you think that they're going to get? See? Thank you. Let me start Sure, with go that. ahead. Well, let's start with Kerry. KJ, Martin, uh, Charleston native at safety. Um, he's not going to start, but he's going to see a ton of action. He, it's, he's basically their top backup at both the free and the cat safety, so behind Alonzo Adai and Sean Mahone. So he knows both positions. Really, behind him, everybody else is a first-year player at West Virginia at the safety position. So uh, he's gotten a great deal of acclaim. All the coaches have spoke highly about how he performed in the spring and then again so far this this fall, obviously sat out last fall, didn't play in any games, uh, but has done very well according to them this season, and I think he's going to be a major factor for them. Uh, Sean Martin from Bluefield is a guy we talked to the coaches a lot about. Um, he's fighting for the backup defensive tackle spot with Jalen Thornton uh, behind Dante Stills. Sounds like Jalen is ahead of him, but Sean is certainly in a position where he is going to see playing time. Uh, A.J. Jackson uh, spoke of him. I just did a story on this uh, for a day or two ahead. But likes him in a pass-rushing role, sort of a specialist now. His length and his size make would make him very good at that. He said there's not an offensive tackle get a hand on him just because of his athleticism and his size. Now he says he still needs to develop to be a an every-down type of defensive lineman. But it sounds like he's going to see some pass-rush specialists work fairly quickly, and then they hope he continues to develop there. Obviously, he's a, a second-year freshman, right. true freshman in terms of you know eligibility now because of the COVID situation. So he still has a long time to go. He came in. He's so big. and I mean, he you look at him. I mean, he looks apart, but he was probably not as strong as he needed to be. That's the one thing the coaches talked about, needed really that weight room year. He's gotten better there, probably not where they want him to be, but – He's got a long ways to go to get there. He'll he'll be a good player for West Virginia. He will be a factor this year, um, but sort of situationally, it sounds like. Is mm-hmm. that what you're getting I to? I totally get that, yeah. Um, I think development continues is the two-word answer, I think you could say. Development continues. So do they think that there's something there? Absolutely they do. Can it be brought out on a consistent basis? That's the question. Can you do it when the game starts? And then if you can, like Greg said, he has all the measurables to be a really, really good player. But at this level, it's as much the physical as it is the mental. Just a whole different level of mental of how you play this game at this level. And when you get that light bulb turned on, um, that's when that's when you make the difference. Yeah, that's when you make the difference. I was talking to uh, Zach Frazier yesterday because mm-hmm. I always feel the best way to get really good insight is by talking to those that are playing with them or talk to coaches. Those are the, those mm-hmm. are the greatest assets of, okay, what do you, where are we at here? And I was asking them about Wyatt Milam. Mm-hmm. And so Zach Frazier, right, he knows what it takes, freshman All-American a year ago. And he said, like, Really impressed. Just like very, very impressed. He said he takes people down to the ground. 
So if you are at that age and you're able to get people onto their back at that age, that's going to, that bodes extremely well for the future. So again, don't know what's going to happen exactly at that right tackle spot. And let's be honest, does it really, does it really, 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 really matter? No, you've got at least two that they will be willing to play in Parker Moore and Wyatt Milam. So like, you know, We'll see who plays, but in and out, I guarantee you, it's going to be about 407 degrees at Maryland week one, and you're going to have to rotate guys in and out of there, and that's they'll, they'll get opportunities to play. And then once you get them in a game situation, you grade that tape and you grade off of that tape, and you say, hey, this is how you did on your plays. This is how he did on his plays. And so as a result this week, and it gets you this great competition week in and week out. Yeah, and again, I'm not taking anything away from Zach Frazier because he was incredible last year as a true freshman. But West Virginia had to have him play last year. It wasn't because, hey, Zach's such a great player, we can't keep him off the field. That right. was part of it. But also it was, we don't have a whole lot of offensive linemen. He had to find a way in there, mm-hmm. right? Wyatt Milam's going up against a pretty good guy. Parker Moore is not a bad player. If he wins that job, it's not just because we don't have anybody else. It's because he's good enough um, that – he needs to be on the field. So, you know, a little bit of difference, but that tells you where he's at. And especially the, the, the one thing those guys have in common because they're different size-wise, but they have strength at a young age that mm-hmm. you don't typically see. Yes. Usually it takes that two years of development in the weight room and they just live there for an offensive lineman to become adequate at this level. They both came in with a strength factor that was above and beyond most normal true freshmen. Yeah. I was also talking to Zach yesterday. I brought up our wrestling buddy, Braxton mm-hmm. Amos. I said, now, did you ever cross paths with him? He goes, yeah, he beat me. <laughs> but that was when they were, they were just, you know, little, little peewee little, guys. Yeah, little, I don't know what year, but it was yeah. younger. It was pre, it sounded as though it was pre-high school. Yeah, I, I asked him once. They never met in high school. Right. Uh, on, the, on the mat. So. He said, he, uh. He said, I saw the highlight, though, where he, where he just won that world uh-huh. championship, and he went like, whoa, whoa. I also found it funny. You know, like, um, as you know, Grant Wiley's back in the area. So, but, and he's working with mm-hmm. VPO, the company that's uh, facilitating these uh, name image likeness deals. And I said, like, do you know, because Grant was there, too. I mm-hmm. said, uh, do you know how, how good of a player he was? Because they look at him now, he's, yeah. a buck, he's a buck 85. Yeah. And I said, he was 237. He was 237. They go, oh, seriously? You were 237? He goes, yeah, I was 237. I said, let me show you something. So I bring up the YouTubes. Yeah. Go to the Virginia Tech game. I said, that's him there. I said, just watch. Just watch the play. Less than a half yard from the goal line. And here he comes. And he just gained instant credibility in the eyes of those guys. They went like, hmm. It was uh, Zach Frazier and Doug Nestor and, uh, and Dante Stills. And they, I just went like, that's him. They went, that's sick, man. <laughs> that's sick. Well, you know, it, and again, we harp on this all the time, but for us, that was 10 minutes ago we, in Blacksburg. Uh, 19 years ago. I know. And I know. Uh, those, those guys you're showing that to? They weren't born. Well, one or two. Yeah, they were know? two. They were two. We established it. They, <laughs> yeah. said, they said, what year were you born? They said, and he said, well, you were two years old. You were two years old. Nobody knows the history better than Dante. I mean, his bro- mom used to bring him up, walk him around the parking lot when they were in strollers, him yep. and Darius. And yep. now their younger brother, 
So, I mean, they've known it forever. So, but, but it was so long ago. And again, we don't even have to go back to major. Those guys weren't even close. Well, you know, just kind of how stuff all comes together because uh, John Oliger is also, you know, yeah. with, with, with Grant and his VPO deal. So he's talking to Dante and he said, I played with your dad and I played in high school against your dad. <laughs> uh, and he was in Delaware. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, again, just in, in John for us is – not an old no. guy either, but yeah, we're just... uh, it tells you. But I, I think it's good. I mean, those guys know. I mean, they're West Virginia guys, so they probably know better than many. But still, I think it's good that they understand the history. Didn't just start the moment they stepped on. Campus. No, it's good, and that's and Don Nealon addressed the Mountaineers. You may have seen on social media last week, and you have to reintroduce Coach Nealon to these kids because mm-hmm. let's face it, Coach Nealon's been out since '01. So that is 20 years. Yep. And so they've got no idea whatsoever unless they're a West Virginian and someone in their family may have said, yeah, before, you know, this was the coaching tree at West Virginia. There was this guy named down when they all of a sudden he walks in. Like you and I would look at him, well, there's Coach Nealon. But for these guys, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I've seen your name in the building. I've seen pictures of you carrying you off the field in mm-hmm. the building and things like that. But you're that's actually you. And I think that's invaluable. You're right to know – you know, how this whole foundation was laid out, especially him because with the new stadium, he really was the first foundational pillar of the program after the stadium was built, and it was what he did, which kicked off this 31 year, 90, 30-plus years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've said this before. 41 years later. <laughs> 40, boy, now you want to feel really bad, but I've said it before, without – Don Neeland, uh, and without the new stadium, those who had the foresight to build that. West Virginia's uh, entrance into any Power Five conference is never going to happen. It it wouldn't have happened a decade ago, and their hopes right now would be none. Exactly right. Exactly right. You'd be group of five right now. It would have been a long time ago. uh, The stadium helped, and then Neeland pushed it to the top. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, still to come, uh, oh, heck, might do it really. We'll do it right now real quick. So the power rankings, the Metro News power rankings, out for the very first time. It is put together by sports writers and radio broadcasters across the state of West Virginia. And it's a top 10 each week, not based on, so to speak, one loss, but just power, right? Your power, what they think you really are. So I'll give you the top. Oh, heck, doesn't cost any more. I'll give you all 10. Single A. Wheeling Central, Williamstown, Ritchie County, 3. Midland Trail, Doddridge County, Mann, 6. St. Mary's, 7. Greenbrier West, 8. East Hardy, 9. Pendleton County in the 10-hole. Double A. Fairmont Senior, 1. Bluefield, 2. Stunner. Robert C. Bird, who we mentioned earlier on. Game right now postponed. Then Polka, Herbert Hoover. Independence, Oak Glen, North Marion, and 8. Kaiser, 9. And Point Pleasant in the 10 spot, and in class AAA, shocker, receiving 14 first-place votes. The Martinsburg Bulldogs, South Charleston of the two, Spring Valley Mountaineers, three, Cabell Midland, four, Bridgeport, five, Musselman, six, Parkersburg, seven, Wheeling Park, eight, Hurricane, nine, Princeton, ten. I asked our Joe Bricado, I said, any surprise on it? He said, I think Frankfurt should have been in. So he was 
he was he was leaning Frankfurt on that deal. They were very good last year. And I, I, I talked to Joe. I know they have many coming back from a team that, uh, until COVID knocked them out of the playoffs, was a double-A favorite. Yep. Stay with us. More coming up. We've got Bob Williams, the new head coach at Fork Union Military Academy. That and more on our way on the CityNet statewide sports line. Shop with peace of mind at Burdett Camping Center, West Virginia's only RV warranty forever provider. Every new unit purchased at Burdett Camping Center comes with our exclusive lifetime warranty. Air conditioning, heating system, fresh and wastewater system components, kitchen center components, LP gas system components, even door handles and latches are covered at no cost to you. Burdett Camping Center, located in Winfield and online at burdettcamping.com. West Virginia's only RV warranty forever provider. Fruth Pharmacy is offering curbside pickup. Simply call your local Fruth and ask to place a curbside order. A friendly Fruth associate will call you once your order is complete and let you know when you can come pick it up. Once you arrive, please call your store and their staff will bring your purchase to your car. Fruth Pharmacy wants you to stay happy and healthy. Please feel free to utilize their drive through local delivery, and curbside pickup services at this time. Fruth, your hometown family pharmacy. Hogging the internet is your right. You should be able to stream video, access cloud applications, and download large files as much as you want. But without fiber, the internet can be frustrating. So get CityNet's fiber optic network. It's the fastest internet available. It's thousands of times faster than those little piggies and has the best reliability with virtually unlimited bandwidth. So go ahead. It's okay. Hog the internet. Get the fastest internet on a network that's built to last. Visit internethog.com. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News, for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them. Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We're ready to start your day with the information you need in West Virginia. Kerry Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. As school gets started this week in Monongalia County, transportation officials are aware of their surroundings. When- that they have to run the red lights on. Take that extra couple minutes and be safe, vigilant for our students out there. That's Monongalia County Schools Transportation Director Tony Harris. Kyle Wiggs at the Sports Desk. We have the preseason Metro News High School football rankings out in Triple A. Martinsburg, number one with 14 first place votes. Double A. Fairmont Senior, number one with 14 first place votes. Single A. Wheeling Central, the near unanimous, number one. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at wvmetronews.com. 
righty, welcome back, everybody. Sitting at Statewide Sports Line, and hey, guess what? Caesar has arrived. The Caesar Sports Bet app is available and ready for you here in the great state of West Virginia. And Caesar Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesar's rewards, which means that win or lose, you will earn reward credits every single wager. And you can redeem these credits for sports tickets, dining, getaways, and a whole lot more. And our fun facts today takes us to former WVU baseball player Alec Manoa. He is on the mound this evening. Great pitching matchup. Manoa, who's had a phenomenal rookie season with the Blue Jays against the White Sox Lance Lynn, who enters tonight's game 10 up and 3 down on the season with a 2.26 ERA and on the Caesar Sportsbook app, strikeouts for Manoa. Under 5.5 strikeouts. Under 5.5 strikeouts. For the night is plus 100. Over five and a half strikeouts comes in at minus 130. Mm, so you go Interesting. over, you make a little bit more. Over five and a half at minus 130. And then on the other side of it, for Lynn, over five and a half at plus 110, under five and a half at minus 140. So it should be a great pitching match- matchup. Alec got banged up. Uh, last outing, but he's had a great, great season. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds here tonight. But uh, if you take a look at that, Alec Manoa does have a, a prop bet for him tonight on total strikeouts over five and a half at minus 130 and under at plus 100. Also, this is week zero in college football. Really interesting to see how this one shakes out. Everyone knows of the controversy at Nebraska, especially last week. When Scott Frost was brought onto the podium by Trev Elbert, the athletic director, like the kid that got caught stealing from the lunch line. Bummed out. What's that do to Nebraska? They're at Illinois, Coach Hunter, to open things up. We know Illinois has had a coaching change. In fact, your boy is there now. Brett Bielema. Yep, Brett Bielema is there. He'll take over Illinois. Interesting. The number on it is Nebraska minus seven. The game's at Illinois. Over under, which is so hard to generate and pick in your first game of the season, the over is at 55 minus 110 at over 55. Is that too many points? Illinois, Coach, you know Coach B is going to want to just ground and pound. Can he ground and pound early? What's Nebraska's status? Do they use it as a rallying cry? That, hey, they're out to get us, or do they crumble? It would be a horrifically bad loss, by the way. You could take that minus seven. Nebraska's not supposed to lose to Illinois. No, you shouldn't. Um, though I think one of uh, Lovey Smith's best wins when he was still at Illinois came against Nebraska. At least they played them very well. So, um, interesting. I mean, one program desperately needing to get on track, and the other program starting out with a new coaching staff. and. I mean, which way do you go in that one? You would think both those situations would lead to difficult points, right? Hard, hard to see a ton of points in the, in a game with uh, a new coaching staff that's also getting started earlier than most, and then Nebraska, which has had so many issues lately, and you know some of it on field, some of it off field. I don't know what you think, but I can't imagine there are going to be a ton of points there. 
All right, so Hunter's saying lean on the uh, lean mm-hmm. on the under lean on the under uh, fifty five on that. It'll change throughout the course of the week. You can keep an eye on it. And a reminder that your first bet is on Caesar, up to five thousand dollars risk free. If your first bet loses, you can get up to five thousand dollars back in free bets. Must be twenty one. Offer valid only here in West Virginia for new players. Paid in bet credits. Terms and conditions apply. You can see Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsible. But Caesar has arrived in West Virginia. It's the Caesar Sportsbook app. Caesar Sportsbook app. All right. So we talked a little defense there with Sean Martin and one Martin mm-hmm. and K.J. Martin. And then the question becomes, okay, when do these guys pop? So the question to you is this. You mentioned those two. Who else, who else in the Hunter has to pop list has to pop? Okay, I'm not going to go with guys that are, you know, returning starters. Right. Because, I mean, you know, you, we know Dante Stills, uh, Josh Chandler, Samito. Those guys have got to be. Proven. What and they have to be as as good as advertised. I think Lance Dixon uh, can be a real difference maker for this team. Nothing against X Ray Low, but I think Lance Dixon has uh, a next level type of talent that West Virginia at the will linebacker position can badly need. Uh, again, I don't want to start equating people to Tony Fields, but you need that kind of um, you know impact if West Virginia's defense is going to return to where it was last year. I mean, you've got some holes to fill. Tony Fields is certainly one of the biggest holes. He and Darius Stills. Um, and, you know, X-Ray can be fine, but Lance Dixon can be the guy that can can really elevate you to a different level. It helps that you now have some some depth that you'll be able to rotate some people. Uh, Deshaun Stevens at the other middle linebacker, even if he doesn't start, Josh chandler Samito probably starts, but – uh, between those four, you feel like you've got some depth at linebacker you didn't necessarily have last year. And I think that's probably sort of the case in a lot of positions. West Virginia was really good defensively last year without a whole lot of depth. They were very fortunate mm-hmm. they didn't have many injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they have more depth this year. I would also say this. If this defense is going to jump into a extremely high level, you probably need to have Scotty Young become a wow. Yeah, so I, I think last year, and I, I know you're right, you don't say, hey, you have to do what Tony Fields did. But what did we do and what did we say about Tony Fields from the first weekend? Whoa. Mm-hmm. So can Scotty Young be a whoa? If Scotty Young can be a whoa, that'll make a lot of more a lot more people go like, okay. Yeah. Okay, going to come. But And I think there's no question at Lance Dixon when you talk to the coaches. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. But they say he can do some things athletically and footwork-wise that you just don't you don't see you just don't see here on a regular basis and so it's there again mentally adjusting to the game how quickly can you do that that's what that'll come yeah down I to. think that, I think Scotty Young's another good one uh, as well now we saw him one game last year but that sure. was it um so but again at at a position that is as big a playmaking position as West Virginia has defensively I mean that position has got to have playmakers at it, and he's going to be that guy. He, he needs to be that guy. The, the guy behind him is a guy that's sort of a, a, a hybrid corner in Charles Woods. So who sounds like he's pretty good? 
But Scotty Young's got that ability to take that and be a difference maker at that position. And his numbers were extremely good at Arizona. In fact, his numbers were better than Tony Fields' numbers mm-hmm. at Arizona. So, as you all know, when you buy your mutual funds, past performance does not indicate future results. But at least you know that it's there for Scotty Young. And with another season to get ready and really work from a year ago where he had to sit out, he could be a player that we are talking a lot about a week from today or, well, two yeah. weeks from today. Yeah. Two weeks from today we might be sitting here going like, whoa, did you see that? The so. other thing with both those guys is they both played at a very high level before. I mean, you're not counting on two right. freshmen who've, you know, last week were playing against Clay Battelle. Right. No offense against the CVs. Well, I got to take a shot at the CVs. <laughs> All right, stay with us. When we come back, Bob Williams, the new basketball coach at Fork Union Military Academy. We'll get his take coming up, sitting at Statewide Sports Line. It seems like today everyone has an opinion on how to power America's electricity needs. Some want to see greater expansion of renewable energy sources like wind and solar. Some believe gas-fired power plants or even nuclear are the preferred method. Well, think about this. West Virginia's eight coal-fired power plants are modern electricity manufacturing facilities, providing reliable, secure, and affordable power. And they've been doing that for decades. These plants also support a strong and productive mining workforce. And when combined, the coal mining and power generation industries account for nearly 20% of our state's gross domestic product. Energy production is a critical issue. Severe weather, terrorism, and a reliable grid can certainly impact your ability to turn on the lights in your home or have power for your business. As the national debate over energy production intensifies, remember the importance and reliability of coal-fired electricity. A message from the West Virginia Coal Association. As county school systems in West Virginia return to the classrooms, athletes will be returning to the field. And once again, Metro News will be there to keep you informed. Fred Persinger, Dave Jekyllin, and Joe Percato are geared up and ready for another exciting season of the High School Sports Line. Get the latest scores and news along with player and coach interviews. Wednesday nights at 7.06. The High School Sports Line starts August 25th. Here on the Metro News Radio Network and online at wvmetronews.com. Senior citizens face a variety of challenges, everything from declining health to fixed income. But thanks in part to your tax dollar, the West Virginia Department of Agriculture Seniors Farmers Market Nutrition Program is helping. Seniors can go to their local senior center to sign up and receive the Seniors Farmers Market vouchers, then visit their local farmers market that accepts the vouchers to redeem for West Virginia-grown fresh fruits and vegetables. Go to agriculture.wv.gov for more information. The West Virginia Department of Agriculture, an equal opportunity provider. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News, for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia. 
Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Cruise this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We're ready to start your day with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. As school gets started this week in Monongalia County, transportation officials are urging drivers to be aware of their surroundings when approaching a school bus. Wherever they're heading, it's not that urgent that they have to run the red lights on a school bus. Take that extra couple minutes and be safe, vigilant for our students out there. That's Monongalia County Schools Transportation Director Tony Harris. Kyle Wiggs at the Sports Desk. We have the preseason Metro News High School football rankings out in AAA. Martinsburg, number one with 14 first place votes. Double A. Fairmont Senior, number one with 14 first place votes. Single A. Wheeling Central, the near unanimous number one. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. Sitting at Statewide Sports Line, we, uh, we're efforting to get uh, Bob Williams in process to get Bob Williams. A uh, couple of, uh, so it looks like we're going hot and cold on the uh, Big 12's decision to uh, bring in Oliver Luck as a consultant. Um, Noel says, Oliver Luck advising the Big 12 will be a disaster, just like when he was here. Texter Doug says the hiring of Oliver Luck is a great idea. I'm a little more at ease now, at least until I hear of the next possible bad news coming. So I guess we'd call that um, 50-50, 50-50 yeah. on, uh, on that deal. Kyle from Morgantown texts in, when does Coach Nealon get a statue at the stadium? I think it needs to happen soon. Oh. We don't have a coaching statue. No, don't. Has some players. Have a donator. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no. When do you do a coaching statue? I, I mean, certainly. I mean, I, you certainly wouldn't get me to say that that shouldn't be done. I think it'd be wonderful. See, I'd go road. I'd go road. Like he's got Don Nealon. Yeah, it's true. So I, go, I think the road gets you much more. I think more people would prefer to the road. More True. People prefer to the road. All right, we're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna do this super quick. Uh, cup. Well, why is the phone not work, man? Where's the phone? Where's the phone? Like, why doesn't the phone work? <laughs> it's one of those days, isn't it? Uh, hang on, man. Maybe we'll get a little phone here. We'll do a little phone. Let's see if we can make the phone work. Hey, how about the phone? Phone doesn't work. Okay, that's good. 
Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you flying with us tonight. Expecting some unexpected turbulence, and let's see now if we can get the phone to work. Coach Williams, how are you? Good. How are you, Tony? I'm well. We now have three minutes and 40 seconds to tell the story of your life. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do it, buddy. For I'll, do, I'll, give, I'll give the quick summation. 22 years as a head coach at the collegiate level. You've taken over Fork Union Military Academy Earlier this month, great tradition-led program. You've had a fantastic career, 400-plus wins. Why Fork Union? What intrigued you? Well, I, I left West Virginia Tech in 2019, and uh, it's just kind of a leap of faith thing. I was, I was there 17 years, and I was ready for something different. I was planning on taking a year off, and I did. And then pandemic hit and led to two years off, and then um, – I missed basketball. I knew I had to go to, back to work um, after the pandemic, and so I, was, I wanted to try to get back into basketball, and I interviewed a few college jobs, and, and then this opened up late in the summer here and uh, was very fortunate to be able to get this job. Great tradition, obviously, with Coach Eret there, and there's West Virginia Connections as well. Ultimate goal is to do what within this program? Because it's a little bit of a different thing in that you're preparing and getting these kids ready. Yeah, we have a new team, 12 new guys every year, basically, and they're they're taking a post-grad year. Um, they come to Fork Union for discipline and um, to improve their academics or whatever their you know their strength, whatever they need to get better at, and uh, basketball-wise. Uh, Fletcher Air, what an amazing job he did here! What, 888 wins, I believe, and over maybe four decades. And um, good friends from uh, Fayette County, West Virginia, and. Um, Still good friends with his brother, and um, that you know that really intrigued me. I knew what a great job he did here, and Fork Union Military Academy post grad basketball is well known nationally because of the Fletcher era. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you know, I, I wanted to do something different. I've done the small college thing for many years, and I was looking to do something different, either be a Division One assistant or something like this. And it, this is definitely different because I've never worked at a military academy and. And I apologize. I was late tonight. Is uh, we we actually have already we just got out of practice a little while ago. We've had six practices already. So when you when the kids get here, you know they ex- they expect you to put them to work right away. Well, that's awesome. So we've done that. And then I was on the phone with a parent for a while, and um, but just got out of the mess all, and uh, was fortunate to be able to talk to you guys tonight. And uh, but I yeah, I'm super excited about being here. I was at Glenville State for five years and West Virginia Tech for 17, and then. From New York State originally and coached up there for 10 years before moving to West Virginia in 1997. So, Bob, is this going to be different from the coaching side of things? Do you treat this like a small college, or do you have to treat this different because some of these kids are going to be major college athletes? It's, it's a great question. You know, right in our team right now, we don't have any major college athletes. We have some low-major to mid-major college athletes and some Division two guys. And But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm told the guys I'm treating this you know, just like a college program, I'm I'm coaching them exactly the same way I coached at West Virginia Tech, and and uh, paying attention to detail and believing successes in the details and toughening them up and and trying to get them to learn to go hard every single rep and never take a rep off, no matter if you're the only one in the gym or if you're in there with the team, and um, get them stronger and better. It's such an advantage for uh, for these young guys that. Have they families are, are willing to send them to a place like this to get better an extra year. Right. Absolutely. Well, listen, bud, 
Sorry about the short time, but what we'll do is we will keep a close eye on you. Maybe we can uh, catch up once the ball starts to bounce for real, and that would be good to get an update and see how you guys are doing. That would be terrific. Thanks, Tony. Thank you guys so You bet, much. Bob. Thank you very much. There he is, the new head coach of Fork Union Military Academy, Bob Williams. That'll be a good story. That's a perfect fit. Yeah, huh, we'll dude? have to follow that one. He knows yeah. exactly how it's supposed to work at the college level. He's getting these kids ready for the college level. That's a, that's a, that's a real good fit. Real good fit. All right. We're out of time. Appreciate it. Back again tomorrow night at 6.06, sitting at Statewide Sports Line. New three guys before the game is also out. Check it out. See you. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network. All rights reserved. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Are you expecting a child tax credit? Deposit and spend it securely with the BB&T Money Account prepaid card. It makes managing your everyday spending easy. Apply for a prepaid card at bbnt.com slash money account. The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is great to be here Monday, August 23rd. A little bit, a lot of economic data coming out this week. Some things we want to watch for. Uh, The meeting, Jackson Hole Economic Summit happening. That is going to be virtual now. Jerome Powell, uh, they decided to do that virtual. So, um, but, you know, Jerome Powell will be speaking, I think, more than once. So it'll be interesting to see what he says, how he says it. Is he just going to ignore the whole idea of any kind of tightening whatsoever, whether it's uh, easing the buying, raising the interest rates or whatever, talk about other things. Um, he might do well to, to ignore the inflation conversations since uh, that, that has proven to be uh, not such a great topic for him since, uh, once again, uh, the Federal Reserve misses the mark as they generally do. So, um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm very interested in that. Uh, that is for sure. So we'll, we'll see what happens, see how he handles it, see how markets react to it. There's plenty of economic ec- uh, news if they want to react. And of course, everybody's waiting for next week's job numbers and so on uh, to come out. Looks like everything is in positive territory this morning. Uh, everything, all the futures markets 
are in positive territory. The Dow's up about a half of 1%, and the S&P up about almost a half. So it looks like everything's going to open in positive territory. Oil uh, surging back up. It's up over 3%, 3.25% right now. And it is at 64.17. We settled in at a um, number last week. At the end of the week, we settled in around 62.20 uh, or 62.25, something like that. So down significantly, we're at 64.19. So hopes of staying uh, right around that range for me were kind of shattered. But at the same time, maybe demand is picking up and maybe demand is coming a little bit higher than what others had anticipated. We'll get a look at inventory numbers on Wednesday. But so that would be good. That would give that would be a positive sign for the economy moving forward, something that we should be looking out for. I hope everybody had a great day of worship on Sunday. I know we did. And I got to tell you, I am. I uh, was very excited. I don't know if anybody heard me, but um, I hope not, probably. But I let out a yes when our pastor, our pastor spoke, just mentioned, but just said how devastating it was. He used the word shameful in talking about Afghanistan. And I was uh, very proud at that moment to be a part of the church, uh, that our pastor was willing to speak up, speak of even the shameful uh, manner of what was going on over there, which is nothing less than shameful. I said to FISM News on Friday afternoon, and and they quoted me, on an article, I don't know who wrote the article, I don't remember, uh, uh, Michael wrote it, okay. Um, so, you know, where it was just, I was so disgusted by the president's speech, I wasn't alone, by the way, seemed to be the uh, talking points of the weekend, but it was just horrifying, but everybody missed the fact, not not missed it totally, but pretty much. My my immediately inclination when it was over <clears throat> and said to the new uh, our news department that all the president did was talk about how wonderful um, wait a minute. All he did was lie about how wonderful the surrender was going. He acted like it was a perfectly organized, calm surrender that we were going through as we surrendered and moved out, and that everything was just going along fine. It was absolutely the most pathetic thing I have seen coming out of Washington ever. I can go back to Saigon to I was in the service um, in 1974 and five, when all that was going on, on, I was in before that, but, um, you know, I, I do remember that. 
And, you know, Johnson, of course, lost re-election over it. It was absolutely horrifying. And here we are repeating it, repeating it. This is just horrible. And this, my biggest problem was that the president had an opportunity to draw a line in the sand, something to the effect of Taliban, keep doing what you're doing and we are going to turn you all to dust because our people and those people who have helped us were getting out. And if, if you continue to attack and kill Christians, attack and kill. They mutilated, dismembered, and hung one of the Afghani men who helped us. I mean, it was, and, and killed all his children and his wife in, in front of him, except for the, his uh, eight or nine-year-old daughter, which they stole. It is un. Believable. And this president never drew a line in the sand even. Not that he probably would have done anything about it, but he never drew the line in the sand. Not once. He didn't say, be aware, Taliban. If you continue down this, not only will we not leave, but we were coming, we will be coming in with a force to the likes of which you have never witnessed. Instead, rumor has it that he has tried to send $400 million to the Taliban, which Republicans stopped over the weekend. I don't, I don't know about you, but it is just too horrifying. And I hope your pastor, like, like mine did, had the guts to bring it up. To make sure that everybody was aware that we need to be praying and we prayed for those people. We prayed for the Christians and what what they are going to go for. I hope every I hope every church did that because this is horrifying. I don't know how anybody can watch this on the news, see what is unfolding, and totally ignore it. He didn't make a political statement. He didn't make a political statement. He never mentioned the word Biden, never mentioned administration, never mentioned any of that. He simply said what was going on over there is horrifying, shameful. That's all. That was enough. I think most got the message. But, you know, I don't know. This isn't over. It's going to continue for the rest of the week, that is for sure, and then some. And I don't know if we're going to get our act together and do what is right or not. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us.
You're a new mom, and there are a lot of things to learn. Breastfeeding your baby is one of the most important health decisions you'll make for your child. The Georgia Department of Public Health's WIC program encourages families to learn together and grow together to support breastfeeding moms and provide babies with a healthy start. For more information about WIC breastfeeding support for you and your baby, visit dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. That's dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, What happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Talking about uh, my pastor on Sunday, and I hope so many of you experience the same thing because it's so critically important. By the way, somebody sent me a wonderful message of, um, I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of the church, but it's Chuck Swindoll's church, Chuck Swindoll's on sabbatical. And um, just a, just a great uh, sermon, and it, and it really did, it really was encouraging as well. So, uh, good stuff. I, I'm sure around the country. I I hope, yeah, Stonebriar, yeah. So, um, yeah, was a, was a great message. Anyway, um, it reminds me about the pastors conference, and I I will tell you, and I've got to tell both our pastors at our church that, that uh, we're more than happy, Yvonne and I are more than happy to pay the registration fee um, and get their, they'll get uh, three nights and their meals and a magnificent, them and their wife at their magnificent resort in the Woodlands, Texas. But, you know, if we've, we've got to get, you've got to get your pastors there, particularly if you live anywhere near Texas. It's so important, and I'm telling you, you will not regret it, and you will have the people in your congregations thanking you for that for a long, long time, because your pastor is going to be changed, and um, I sure hope that you are sending your pastor to the America at the Crossroads pastor's conference it's in the woodlands resort in the woodlands texas uh on the 12th it starts uh sunday evening the 12th you will be finished by about 11 o'clock on wednesday you and your wife will have a wonderful opportunity to just relax a little bit and to enjoy fellowship of hundreds of like-minded pastors and that's the thing that is so striking that everybody said to me as mm-hmm. they were leaving. And I hope that you will get your pastor there under all, any whatever it takes. You don't have to ask him. You can tell him if you're a part of the leadership team of the church in some way, shape, or form, tell him, hey, we've already registered you and your wife you got to get there. Um, it is critically important uh, for pastors 
pastors to get there. If you are in between pastorates, make sure you get there. It's important. You can go to financialissues.org. That's the website, financialissues.org. Right on the front page, as you, on the right-hand side, scroll down, right under the red India Partners banner, which you can't miss, right below that, click on it. Click on the America at the Crossroads. Click on that. It will get you to the registration page. It'll get you to a flyer that you could print out if you kind of want to know more about it. But it is amazing. It's filling up. So uh, I don't know what the limits are on the rooms. Nobody told me. But um, I'm sure it's not what we had in Orlando. So make sure that you register it's critically important for the good of America and for your church. This is the time that you put feet to your faith. This is when you do it. Feet to your faith. Get out there. Stop talking about what needs to happen at the pulpit. That's, that's important. But go and hear and learn. And you'll preach about it more passionately as you become more equipped, more understanding Mm -hmm. of what you should say, can say, and how to say it. Um, So we need it. We need, there's an intersection that's a a three-way intersection that is culture, politics, and Christ. And You've got to navigate that intersection for the good of God's people. For the good of God's people. So when you come to that crossroads there, you will navigate it in a powerful way. It is on December 12th. I will be doing a town hall meeting on the 10th, Saturday morning at the Woodlands Methodist Church in the back, not at the sanctuary, in their building in the back, their worship center called The Loft. It's a wonderful building. You'll see it in the back of their parking lot. Can't miss it. We start at 9 o'clock. I'm going to finish at 1130 because we got to get out of there for a worship service at noon. So I hope you'll be there. We're going to have a great time at that town hall meeting. Then Sunday, Yvonne and I are speaking. Um, uh, well, Yvonne's not. She would, uh, of course, you. some of you that know her know that there's no way that's happening. Um, but I'll, I'll be speaking there. Uh, I don't know when, what day I'm speaking at the conference. But we'll be there, and then we're moving on uh, up to uh, Huntsville um, to do some other things for uh, documentaries that we're doing. So I hope you're going to come out, Pastors Conference, uh, at the Woodlands, Woodlands Resort. Check it out, financialissues.org, America at the Crossroads. Register, uh, sign up your pastor. Go ahead and sign him up. 
pay pay for it. Let him know that he and his wife are going. It's all set. Give him some gas money. That's what Shanna did with uh, their her pastors. She paid the registration, gave him money for their gas, and and um, got is getting them there. That's that's what we got to do. That's what we've got to do, <clears throat> folks. I also want to mention to you not only the pastors' conference, but um, I'll tell you, Liberty Council has come out with some um, every every day. It's every every day uh, they come out and uh, you you with something, and we pe- play uh, Liberty Council's little half hour um, program every week, and if you see the one that was done over the over on the seventh it's it is unbelievable it's an interview with a with a doctor who is a lot more than a doctor and um the research that he's did he was um a doctor that was um you know fighting covid um and concerned about it and doing all the wrong things and he realized after lots of research, and he's still doing research. It's phenomenal. You'll hear about that. Um, and I'll get you where, where that is uh, on our website, but um, you'll hear more about it when you, his research, which is amazing. It's amazing. And uh, he is now treating his patients successfully instead of admitting them in the hospital. And uh, he's using a combination of uh, drugs and uh, 100% success rate. And um, he came to the realization, as he talks about, where um, he was blaming people and this virus on people dying when here all he needed to do was treat. And, you know, it's very, very frustrating. And someday it's going to be very sad mm-hmm. for a lot of doctors, a lot of doctors are going to be, uh, I hope, find it very hard to deal with it, not because I want them to suffer, but I want them, I hope they have enough compassion that they are dramatically moved and changed when they realize instead of fighting and trying to keep somebody from dying in the hospital, they just simply treat them and it would be over. They wouldn't have to worry about them going to the hospital. So um, it's very, very interesting, and it's an amazing interview. Uh, I might try to get the doctor on, but it would have to take so much time because he's, he's got so much great information to share. So something you need to check out at libertycouncil.org. Uh, the interview is probably up there, libertycouncil.org. Uh, if you want to know more information, they are... Um, literally, they can't, their phones are just slammed. Uh, they've got so many lawyers out and about. They're working so hard to push back against what is going on, people being fired. They've won every case they have been fighting. They have memos and letters that you can write to the legal department of your business if they are trying to force um, you for a vaccine or anything else, um, and uh, they're having great success. But boy, they are in a battle by themselves that um, is is 
I hope doesn't devastate the work they're doing. I hope you keep them, uh, God will keep them strong, strong and make them stronger as they go through that. Liberty, Liberty Council, lc.org, lc.org. You know Matt Staver, he's on the program regularly, and um, we appreciate Matt and the work he's doing. It's absolutely amazing. So we also uh, got a big thank you that I'm supposed to pass along to all of you from India Partners saying uh, we have fed uh, last week a 1,000 families, a 1,000 families we have fed. And that when, when I say feed, uh, they give them food that will last them 14 days. And it truly is a matter of life and death. These are the most severely impoverished people in the nation. They live day by day. They try to get a little work. They earn 50 cents, 75 cents, maybe as much as $1.50. And they use that food, that money to buy food the next day. Well, obviously, because of what has happened there, they uh, aren't working. The jobs aren't there. They have to stay home. And um, so they're starving to death, literally. Children, babies, um, widows in particular, uh, just dying and uh, the church pastors I don't know how many um, I think John told me he was uh, the uh, John Sparks the president told me it was an astronomical number of churches that have uh, closed down because their pastors have died uh, hundreds of churches so anyway keep them in your prayers uh, and uh, you can go to India Partners if you want to give to that uh, very important food uh, that we are trying to provide to the severely impoverished. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110. If you want to cue your call, now's a good time to do it. We're going to go to calls. We'll be right back after this. You're a new mom, and there are a lot of things to learn. Breastfeeding your baby is one of the most important health decisions you'll make for your child. The Georgia Department of Public Health's WIC program encourages families to learn together and grow together to support breastfeeding moms and provide babies with a healthy start. For more information about WIC breastfeeding support for you and your baby, visit dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. That's dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. I hate to break it to you, but you're in for a big surprise. Five years from now, Jane, who's resigning today, will ring the NASDAQ bell, officially launching her company on the public market. And what you'll soon realize is that Jane stole your most valuable data to start her new company on her way out the door. Learn how Code42 Insider can stop data theft and protect your organization's most valuable assets. Visit code42.com. To learn more, welcome back. 610-363-1110. Financial issues. It's great to be here. Uh, we've got, uh, well, we've got the whole board lit. 610-363-1110. Uh, so, we'll, uh, if if you're in the, if you've called in, you'll you'll get in there. I it was it was, uh, so I know that I know you're on hold. Hang in there. All right, 610-363-1110. Uh, let me go to the phones. Let me go to Rocky. Rocky's calling from Texas. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a situation. 
um, me and my daughter are both members with you. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, she passed away about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, out of COVID, but uh, she died without having a will. She was only 39 years old. Uh, she lived with the father of her two children for about 15 years or so, and um, they never married, and for all those years, he never claimed her as a common-law wife, barely even just a girlfriend, even though they had two children. Well, everything was in her name. Nothing was in his, and nothing and nothing together. Um, out of the, the 15 years, I don't know if I said this, he probably worked only three years. Um, what steps do we need to do to protect her monies, like bank account, her TD Ameritrade account, her life insurance? She has two children, 10 and 9 years old. The 10-year-old, our granddaughter, is disabled, and she gets a monthly check from the government. Mm. Also, uh, what do we do about her final tax return? Who files? Do we need to set up a trust and become, and we're looking to want to be the executor of her trust? And we don't know anything about a probate or what steps to take, are you able to give us direction? Rocky, I'm so sorry for your loss, first off. And I I would just say it's a little complicated, but yet it isn't. So remember, it is, um, there's not a lot that you can do now. Um, so what I mean by that, there's some things you can do. I'll tell you in a second, but as far as, uh, a trust, so a trust is a living document. So it is, you can set up a trust that you and your wife set up as you and your wife. You need to, um, the TD Ameritrade account, I would assume, is it an IRA account? It is a portfolio. Of, uh, and it's uh, some sort of IRA? Uh, just like you tell us to set it, open a, an account, we went in and opened a portfolio and just bought uh, stock. Okay, okay. But it's in her name? And who did she list as beneficiaries? On all of this, she didn't leave any beneficiary except on the TD Meritrade account. She put me as, they told me something like, uh, right to the account. Okay. So you need to, um, my, my, my concern is the life insurance money. It, are her children the beneficiaries? She just got promoted, and when she got promoted, the company gave her free life insurance, so she didn't uh-huh. have time to put a beneficiary. Okay, so I would 
you're going to have to contact a lawyer that can make sure for the record of, in court that you can, as, as the true next of kin, um, get custodial ship rights for your grandchildren. Now, <clears throat> I would also, while you're doing that, you need to let TD Ameritrade know that, that you need to let them know that she has passed. You need to let them know that you have the rights to survivorship. So that's basically your account. So that shouldn't be an issue. But, but uh, my fear is that he might try to claim something there uh, from them. So you need to make sure they are aware that she was not married and she does have two children. Now, the problem is that it doesn't, it, it kind of doesn't matter that he didn't recognize your daughter as common law uh, um, partner or anything like that. It really doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that after seven years of that kind of <clears throat> situation, that uh, he could be, he could do that. Um, and he would, he would probably win that now, hopefully he doesn't know that, and hopefully he hasn't done anything yet about that. But if you, you should talk to her business, her company, and find out about the life insurance company, tell them that you are in the process of going through um, the legal process to make sure that the there's a custodial account for the children in your name uh, for those benefits. And uh, please don't pay them out, uh, obviously. So you need to ask them to do that. And in the meantime, you're going to have to try to get a custodial relationship for your grandchildren. You should not have a problem doing that. Um, you would be the next of kin legally, that would not be an issue. It should take no, no time at all, and it will be relatively easy to do that ex unless he would be protesting that. Now, he probably doesn't know about the life insurance. Um, the uh, account at TD Ameritrade is somewhat irrelevant because you're on it as a um, rights to survive as a survivor. So um, that's, that's not going to be an issue, but the life insurance would be. Then what <clears throat> you need to do is set up a trust account and your grandchildren would be named in that trust account as successor uh, trustees. And in the meantime, you would be uh, the main trustees on that account and, the, and um, you know, uh, have it written such that if for some reason 
if something were to happen to you and your wife, then you would point a successor uh, custodial for the minor children on, on that trust. So your goal was to get all her assets in that trust, um, which again, you won't, you should not have any trouble doing uh, unless there is a protest. So you need, you need to make sure that you can go to the courthouse and get a, a certificate saying that you are the rightful, um, the court has deemed you, which again, won't be a problem deemed you as the beneficiary on her assets. Um, so, and, and custod but the harder part will be the custodian of the children because the children are not your next of kin. Their father is. So it's a little bit more difficult, but I think you can probably make a very reasonable and easy case uh, to the courts um, to, make sure you they they appoint you as such and i don't mean custody i'm not talking about custody you can do that too if you want that would solve um all the problems but <clears throat> that I'm, I'm talking about um fiduciary custody did you get all that oh i know yeah. that was a lot of information i'm sorry yes we did uh we do have one more question sure um, I'm, I'm an accountant, my wife's a nurse, and like I said, he hasn't worked probably just three years out of the 15 years, so he's kind of basically, nev he's never been motivated to do anything. And mm -hmm. uh, um, these, well, one, the, the, her monthly disabled checks are coming in, and I don't know what to do with them. And two, my wife says her, my daughter's medical bill uh, is probably about a million dollars, and um, would that go against the, my my daughter's uh, finances that that are left behind? Um, technically, yes, um, but they could also disappear and go away and that's why you want they could do it on their own she has no successor um and no one to pay and again i think you get a good family lawyer and i think they'll they can take care of that and i'm sorry i did i did not hear you um but up, up, we'll be right back. Choose your savings at Excel Federal Credit Union. We're ready to help you get behind the wheel of your next car or truck with two ways to save on your auto loan from Excel Federal Credit Union. Rates as low as 0.99% APR for up to 60 months or up to $500 cash back. You can even refinance your current vehicle and take advantage of these great savings. Call or text APPLY to 770-441-9235 or go to excelfcu.org. APR equals annual percentage rate. Rates and terms subject to credit worthiness and our underwriting standards. Restrictions apply. See Credit Union for full disclosure. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, 
My laptop was up there too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back, financial issues. We're going to get back to uh, calls. I'm sorry, you know that was one of those calls that you just need some time with, and um, I I uh, apologize for that. I know there's people waiting, but uh, hopefully all of that is edifying. And and the thing there's a there's a huge huge takeaway for all of you listening. I don't care if you're 19 or you're 90. There's two things you have to have. And that is a will and a power of attorney. You need to be naming somebody power of attorney in case you get in a car accident and uh, are incapacitated and can't make medical decisions. You need somebody to do that that you trust, not somebody that the court appoints. So you need to have that. It's critically important. If you are a married couple, yes, you have your spouse as that power of attorney, but you might both be in the same car accident and you might both have issues. So you need to have a successor. The wording is like this. If my spouse is unable or unwilling to serve as a power of attorney, then I appoint so-and-so, my daughter, my son, my friend, my pastor, whatever. But you need to have a success on the power of attorney. Power of attorney is a living document. When you pass, it has no value whatsoever. It can be thrown in the trash. Then your will kicks in. You have to have a will. All of your accounts should have beneficiaries named on them. If they have a beneficiary named, nothing can change. It can't ever change. It doesn't matter what your ex-husband or former wife or whatever, anybody else wants. It'll go by the beneficiary form. So that is a life lesson that we just got there on that last caller. And it's critically important that everybody under, it doesn't, listen, if it, you should always use a lawyer to set up a will and a power of attorney. Don't make your lawyer executor. Don't make your lawyer a power of attorney. Don't do that. But you should always have a lawyer establish that. So it's going to cost you $400. Uh, if you're young, younger, it might even be less. But it's going to cost you four to $800, maybe something like that. But it's the best money you'll ever spend if something happens. So make sure a power of attorney and a will you have, if, you're, if your checking account doesn't have a beneficiary, put it on there. Your investment accounts, on and on it goes. You should have beneficiaries named. All right, let me go to Terry. Terry's calling us from Texas. Hey, Terry. Terry? Yeah. Go yes, ahead, Terry. I'm sorry. This is actually Terry's wife. Uh, okay. Hey, we, 
we are uh, members and have been for uh, seven, eight, nine years. Anyway, we have a 40-year-old daughter who has just come into a nice uh, sum of money, and she has actually asked us to help her with some investments. Uh, she has an E-Trade account, and share with me, or maybe I should share with you our thinking on how we should have her proceed. Um, Wait a minute, Sarah, before, uh, before you do that, it, um, was the money from some sort of settlement? The money was from a sell a buyout of stock. Okay. The company right. was purchased by a private entity, so it is no longer okay. on the exchange. Just it's wanted to private. make sure just wanted to make sure it wasn't some sort of settlement because settlements are tax free and that would have put a different thought process in my mind as to what to do. So go ahead. You can Okay. Uh, go ahead. Yep. Okay. So we've gone to the asset allocation model for the thirty five to forty five. And, of course, we see everything that's listed on there. So should the thought process be to go to your current, and this is, as you know now, it is, it is new money. So should we go to the current, um, your current buy list and, fill as min- and start filling in as many of those author, um, um, as many of the, Oh gosh, you know you're. Yeah, you're, the sector. Uh, Start filling in the sectors. The sectors. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's okay. So and then and then stick to the ones that say would be either blue or yellow, and just start slowly filling those in, and yeah. making sure that she probably should have all of the cash money set aside, and then start filling in as they appear on your current buy list. Yes, you should. That's what you should do. I I just would uh, take your time. I wouldn't be, I would be, you know, using everything that's yellow, obviously. Um, She's not, you shouldn't be thinking too much about income. She wants to think about growth more than anything. I would focus on those sectors first that are listed in my commentary section as mm-hmm. you know kind of priority sectors to begin uh you may have some difficulty with some sectors because some sectors i don't have anything on my buy list or i might only have one one stock on there which you can do i wouldn't be in a hurry i would like it if it took some time um you know six eight months uh, before you got it all complete, uh, don't again. Don't rush. Don't be in a hurry to get it all in there at once. We are at highs now. I do think things will be coming uh, down. I'm not awfully concerned about that because she's young and it doesn't matter a whole lot. But at the same time, uh, if you are slowly. Um, putting money in gradually, you'll be able to take advantage of some of the dips sometimes. And if you never do, then that's okay too. Don't worry about it. But um, because the things that you did this month um, will probably carry you six months from now if there wasn't, uh, if there still hadn't been a dip yet. 
So I wouldn't be, uh, I would just go gradual and slow, stay, get those priority sectors done first, and then, and then start going through the rest of them. Now, as you say, the priority sectors, say like in the consumer staple, you have 5% for her age group. Do we need to fill that completely with the full 5% or just start working towards the, the amounts that you have listed? Yeah, I would probably fill it. You can go ahead and fill it completely if I have more than three stocks on the list, which I don't think I okay. do. Okay. So, um, I, so I would put one-third of it in mm-hmm. and maybe circulate back through at the end. You know, as you get through, you'll end up going back through. So I would just do a third. Uh, there are some sectors that, uh, I would like to see consumer staples completely filled, but I think it might be hard to do, unfortunately, right now. So mm-hmm. keep checking the buy list each month, and you will eventually see things coming on say that you haven't done yet. So, for instance, say you do that one consumer staples, and then you see on my buy list three weeks from now consumer staple, then you know it's a good time to get in, and there's another one you can add to it. So um, I think that's how you're, you know, there's not a lot of of variety, so to speak, uh, on some, some of the sectors do, but um, not a whole lot. I wouldn't worry about the income, stay with the growth stocks, and I think you'll do really well. Okay, very good. Now you had uh, said something about a technology stock, I think last week, Um, IT82, was that it? Um, I believe it was, but I can look and see. Okay. I, um, I did mention a technology stock that I, you know, I feel was one of those things I thought need to be in everybody's portfolio. Yeah. Um, I think it's the best technology company in the country. And, um, so that's the one I suspect, um, you're referring to yeah and yeah so um i, I thought no, i it's had not, it written it's, down somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah it. it's uh it 91 okay okay yeah okay, okay. Yeah. okay that is all right we need to i appreciate it have a blessed day dan thank you thank you for your partnership uh-huh. god bless mm-hmm. thank you god bless mm-hmm. bye all right, 610-363-1110, 610-363-1110. If you want to queue your call up, you're welcome to do it. We're coming up on a break. If you got to leave us, I don't think you do. Uh, you know, so many stations carry the first hour, but uh, we've got two more hours left. I hope you'll stay with us. 610-363-1110. Um, I also just want to mention again... Um, we have a town hall meeting coming up in Houston, Texas area in the Woodlands at United Methodist Church in the Woodlands. It's going to be on September 10th, a Saturday morning. It's the second time in the last 10 years only I've done a Saturday morning town hall meeting, so I'm excited about it. 9 o'clock to 11.30, United Methodist Church in the Woodlands. You don't have to register, just show up. I know there's plenty of room. So uh, I hope you'll be there for that. 
And I also want you to check out the Pastors Conference on the website, America at a Crossroads. That is on our site, that banner, at financialissues.org. Make sure you get your pastor registered. We'll be right back after this. We will never compromise our principles and standards. We will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. Ran out of propane? No need to drive to the store when you can get propane delivery straight to your door with Cinch. C-Y-N-C-H. Cinch brings the tanks to you. It's easy and convenient propane home delivery. Here's how it works. Go to cinch.com, that's C-Y-N-C-H dot com. Enter your zip code, select your delivery date, and drop off location. It's really that easy. Just set your used tank out for pickup the night before your delivery, and Cinch handles the rest. There's no ongoing commitment when you try Cinch, and they accept any and all tank brands for exchange. Not a Cinch customer yet? What are you waiting for? New customers can get their first propane tank exchange for just $10 with promo code TANK10 at checkout. That's C-Y-N-C-H dot com, promo code TANK10. Turn up the heat this summer with Cinch, ridiculously easy propane grill tank home delivery. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Visit C-Y-N-C-H dot com slash offer for details. At T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan. So you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device acquired. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. We in America should be grateful to God for the blessings he's given us. Don't let anyone tell you that America's best days are behind her. We have got to fight for this nation because I believe with all my heart this nation is in fact one nation under God. All right, welcome back. Financial Issues, I'm Dan Celia, 610-363-1110. You can cue your call up if you want. Uh, we have our ag report coming up this segment, as we always do. We also have FISM News. Make sure you tune in to FISM.TV. Uh, on a regular basis, click that News tab, and you'll get all the news of the day and uh, have access to some great articles um, and, and uh, can, some great content about what is happening. So uh, FISM.TV slash news or FISM.TV and, and click on the news button. Also, um, when you go to FISM.TV at 7 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, you can watch a half an hour uh, news program for na- on national news. And uh, you can do that uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. So we hope that um, you will do that. We have Sam Case here with us uh, from our news department. Hey, Sam. Hey there, Dan. How are you doing? 
Good, good. Good, good. Well, I'm just receiving news right now that the uh, Pfizer-BioNTech COVID shot has received full FDA approval. Uh, This is uh, new news, so I don't have much information beyond that. Uh, But it will be interesting to see how this plays out now with uh, mandates for the vaccine, especially in the military, because one of the issues has been for uh, the military to mandate a shot has been that it does not have Uh, full FDA approval. So I could imagine that the military will now try to force it upon uh, those in the Army, Air Force, and the like, and see what happens, and and force it upon the the people in those organizations, and we'll have to see if there is a big pushback on that. Uh, But other than that, uh, I'm not sure if much else will change. Uh, In other Mm -hmm. news, the evacuations of Americans and Afghan allies continues to be a slow and dangerous process, as you can imagine. This is terrible news. At least uh, 20 people have died at the Kabul airport due to heat exhaustion or being crushed by the crowds or just Taliban violence. Uh, This is what you talked about the other day about just turning it into a kill zone. It does appear to be that way, but not necessarily because of the Taliban, uh, although some of it is, but some of it's just because of uh, so many people being in one spot. Uh, just creating a tragic situation. The U.S. has recruited the help of large commercial airlines and foreign allies to speed up the transport of Americans and eligible refugees out of the country. And Biden has still defended the slow pace, saying that uh, it would be inevitable that it would be a slow and painful process, regardless of when it has begun. But this isn't satisfying for Republicans because a group of 25 Republican senators have wrote a letter to the Pentagon demanding answers for, from the Biden administration, specifically for missing weapons, vehicles, and other supplies that have fallen into the hands of Taliban. And this comes as more videos are showing up online, just horrible pictures of Taliban wearing U.S. gear and taking over stockpiles of U.S. weapons. So all those tax uh, dollars you were paying in the last 20 years that were going to Afghanistan, that's all going straight to the Taliban now, apparently. All those um, drones and guns and gear are in Taliban hands. So it's hard to say that Biden fully planned for uh, every contingency, as he says. Well, he obviously didn't. I think it's one of the most ridiculous statements he could have made. It was a self-incriminating statement if he said that, you know, uh, we knew this was, you know, we, we expected this. We knew this was happening. So, you so knew why didn't was you going prepare? To, right. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. And you didn't do anything about it. I mean, what? I mean, so he I mean, it was like uh, it was just a self-incriminating statement. And so so typical of this administration. And it makes even more angry. Uh, I said earlier this morning, I, I just feel like. You know, that whole speech Friday was just one of the most pathetic things I ever heard. No lines in the sand, no threats to the Taliban, not nothing saying, you know, if you don't, you will pay the price and nothing like that at all. He made it sound like it was a perfectly calm and orderly surrender. And it, it's just uh, it was just Horrifying and, and Dan, the real concern I'm hearing uh, from a lot of outlets is that there are still Americans over there and we're just taking their word on it that they're going to the Taliban, that is, is going to give them safe passage over. This could become uh, like the Iran hostage situation 
I don't know, a hundred times over with the amount of people we have over there uh, un under a president that, whose administration so far has played out very similarly to Jimmy Carter, just with a lot of things going on back in the U.S. So that is very concerning, and I, I, I'd be terrified if the Biden administration starts to cut deals with the Taliban to guarantee uh, safe travel. So that would just be horrific. Well, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor this weekend that um, four hundred million dollars was trying to go to the Taliban this weekend, and the and a group of Republicans stopped it. And uh, I don't know if it was. Uh, I haven't been able to verify it, but um, you know that's that's what I heard had happened this weekend that he tried to get it through quickly over the weekend. Four hundred dollars, four hundred million dollars in aid to the Taliban. I mean, I know it's hard to believe, but. Well, and not but with this administration. Uh, yeah. One more final piece of news before we get to the ag. Australia is just lighting up with anti-lockdown protests in uh, Melbourne and Sydney on Saturday. Video showed 4,000 people surging towards police lines to protest the lockdowns that have been taking over the country. Uh, these are complete lockdowns with a curfew of 9 to 5. So after that, you can't go out of your house and you could be arrested afterward. And just to show you the insanity, there's been reports that in Berkshire Council of uh, New Wales in Australia has ordered that dogs be shot at the local animal shelter to prevent volunteers from traveling to pick them up. And this is according to Sky News. Wow. And this comes as Australia has had only between three and four deaths each wow. day. And in New Zealand, wow. their neighbor country, you can't even visit your neighbors. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, here's Craig Haggart with our Ag Report. And uh, we'll be right back right after Craig. Thanks, Sam. This is Craig Haggard with your Financial Issues Ag Update for August 23rd. Corn was down double digits on Friday as prices were pressured lower by a continued wet forecast for the upper Midwest, as well as the headlines that the EPA and the Biden administration could be moving forward with cutting the U.S. biofuels mandate. After the close, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour released their yield estimate came in at 177 bushels per acre. Now, the most recent USDA projection was 174.6 bushels. What makes this especially interesting is that this marks only the fourth time in history in which the Pro Farmer number has been above the USDA's August projection. Soybean futures were under a lot of pressure on Friday. They closed nearly 30 cents lower. The 11-day run of export sales came to an end on Friday, although total purchases over those 11 days came in at 78.7 million bushels. Now, the major reason for the price break on Friday was the news that the Biden administration was considering a possible request from the EPA to cut the U.S. biofuels mandate. That mandate is 90% of the reason that we've seen soybean oil rally, of course, pulling soybeans along with it. Without the motivation of high RIN values, the entire system is under threat of not expanding in the renewable diesel area, as well as losing production in the biodiesel category. After the close, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour pegged the crop at 51.2 bushels per acre, well above the latest USD estimate of 50 bushels. Wheat futures followed the corn and soybean markets lower on Friday. Uh, they all closed in the red, except the September Minneapolis wheat futures. There really wasn't much news in the wheat market here in the U.S., and spring wheat harvest should be finished up fairly soon. On the international front, we saw things heat up with the Paris September wheat future setting a new life of contract high. Cotton futures had a slight bounce after the beating they took on Thursday. At the finish, we had December futures 34 points higher, 
closing at 93.10. Livestock futures were higher straight across the board. At the close, October live cattle were up 90 cents, while September feeder cattle were $2.60 higher. Lean hog futures were stronger as well, with the October futures finishing $1.70 better for the day. Class 3 milk futures were slightly lower to end the week. At the close, we had September futures down 6 points, settling at 17.05. And meat cutout values were mixed. Choice box beef continued to move higher. They ended the day $3.43 better, closing at $3.4506. Select boxes were up $2.12, settling at $3.1853. Pork carcass cutout values ended the week on a lower note. They closed down $2.14, settling at $119.26 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Egg Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. At Buckingham, we're obsessed with taxes. We're obsessed with retirement. We're obsessed with higher education. We even obsess about how the best way to fund higher education varies case by case and how something as small as the name on a loan can have significant impact on aid eligibility as well as its tax efficiency. All this to say, we obsess so you don't have to. We'll be the trusted partner to design, build, and protect your financial life so you can just be. Buckingham Strategic Wealth. Live in the now. Six ten three six three eleven ten. If you want to queue your call up, six ten three six three eleven ten. If you want to queue your call up, you're welcome to do it. So much going on; it's really just amazing. Um, I just sent to our news department uh, the the um, video that was on Liberty Council. It certainly is worth checking out. I think it was from August. I want to say seventh. I'm not sure, uh, but. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing uh, video from a, a doctor and research scientist still practicing medicine. He's the most published doctor in the country in, in history. Um, amazing research person. And um, he, he is real, it's really uh, pretty astonishing when, when, you re, when you listen to it. All right, 610-363-1110. Let me go to um, Randy, Randy in Texas. Hey, Randy. Hey, brother. How you doing, Dan? Good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Listen, just a quick note. The uh, town hall in uh, the Woodlands is the 11th, Saturday the 11th, not the 10th. Oh, okay. Thanks, Randy. Jeez. Yeah, that's right. I remember doing it and saying it's nine eleven, but I. Yeah. I oh, well. oh well. Oh well. That's uh, why you're around, are... Randy. That's why I need you to keep me straight. Well, why do you call me and tell me that I'm a thorn in the flesh most of the time? Well, because you're that too. Because you're that too. I don't. I, just because you're informative and helpful doesn't mean you can't be a thorn in the flesh. I'll take that. All right. uh, on, on the uh, pastors' conference, we've got a pastor coming, uh, and uh, it, and of all things, we met him because of a local area meeting that a couple 
set up called the Cultural Impact Ministry out of their church in Athens. It's uh, Living for the Brand. They meet the second Monday. But like-minded people, they've had uh, John Guandola and uh, uh, Colonel West has spoken there, and they have mm. different local political things, and it's important for every community and area to have that. We met this pastor, and he was has a reputation of being a black robe type pastor, so he couldn't get into Orlando, but he's coming to the Woodlands. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, and it's so important for people to, to uh, get out and, and Get with the you know like-minded, like-thinking people, especially in, in the environment we're in now. But there's another thing that I wanted to say. Uh, it's so important with all this stuff that's going on, like our church is praying for uh, Afghanistan and, and, and our mm. government and all. They both need both. Yeah. But uh, it's so important that we don't forget FISM. Mm. And to all the listeners out there, I'm saying, please, when you're you're getting caught up in all this stuff that's going on, keep your support coming to FISM because they support so many ministries and yeah. they're important ministries. But we got to keep that base going, and that is FISM. Mm. And I'm going to get off the uh, phone here, but uh, God bless you and tell Yvonne Hi and give her a hug for us. I will. Thank you, Randy. We love you guys and appreciate you so much. Thank you. Love um, you. See you soon. All right. Um, you know, Randy really um, uh, such a blessing, and he does get it. I can hassle Randy's a good friend, and um, but he didn't. I don't think he said that because he's a good friend. I think he said that because he does understand um, the importance. He understands my frustration because I've vented to him sometimes, you know, about how hard it is. You know, I I know God has raised up this megaphone that I may use it for the kingdom in some way, shape, or form. And I think he, you know, obviously God knew that I was going to be sold out for using it for the kingdom, not for the kingdom of financial issues, but for the kingdom. But um, everybody I talk to that's involved in the ministry, um, you know, whether it's Liberty Council or India Partners or Samaritan Ministries or uh, Preborn has have said, you know, it is incredibly generous and amazing that you're willing to unite with other ministries to use your platform so that we might grow um, with the kingdom work that we are doing. And, uh, you know, I just always say, can you imagine, when you think about how strong we have been as ministries together, I always say, can you imagine if we could be united with hundreds of ministries and the power that we would have? And, you know, someday, uh, if we were to work on it, we'd probably get to that point where congressional leaders would have to call us, would have to call this uh, a ministry as powerful as a million people would have to call and say, hey, can you talk about this or can we get this done or can we do this or what do you think about voting on this or could you run this up the flagpole for us, see what it looks like, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, we, we get so much power being united and more importantly, we drive the left nuts because I tell you, Satan has done an amazing, masterful job, as evil can sometimes do, in dividing 
us into such small groups that we have become so easy to conquer, so easy to push aside. We, you can blow us over with a light wind because we are so divided. We can't hold anything back. We don't have the strength. We're too divided. Do you understand when we think of that analogy of being smaller and smaller and smaller? And, you know, we have been made weak by the left. No, no. Wait a minute. We have allowed ourselves to be made weak by the left. They haven't made us weak. We have given it up to them. And it's time for us to unite and become strong. And we will have amazing power if we can do that. And um, I, I know that I speak to millions of people every week. And if 2% of the people we speak to I only know this because I ran the math once when I got some numbers. But if 2% just supported in a tiny way, maybe it's the $20 a month that we ask for, for our soldiers that are fighting with us to, to give $20 a month to just, maybe it's something like that or some small way. We would, have, we would be able to, we'd be able to double the size of our reach, which I, I don't know. I, maybe we could, I don't know how we don't, we don't really need, I don't know that we need to, but, but God will do that as, as we need to. But, um, it is amazing. And that strength in numbers of God fearing, God loving people is, is unbeatable. It's unbeatable. We know what God could do with a remnant. And if we're a million strong, we're still going to be a remnant. We're still going to be a remnant, but we're going to have, we're going to be a remnant that all of Washington has to pay attention to. That's where we need to be. All right. 610-363-1110. Let me go to Linda. Linda call from Louisiana. Hey, Linda. Yes. I'm calling about um, a preferred that I have that's going to be called uh, at the end of this month. And yes. it is um, uh, UT 82. Uh-huh. And, and I, I have a, a, an income portfolio, and, and I'd like to tell you what I have. I, I just have your, your, your stuff in it. I have UT83, I have UT33, and I have TPLD. No, I'm sorry, TPHD, TPHE, and TPLE. And I'm wondering what to replace this with. So I would replace it with another uh, utility. I know you have utilities and you're probably a little overweighted. But if you are using the income to, um, you know, if you're using income to, you know, actually using it where you're, you're getting it and helping to supplement your income then I think unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because we never want to be too overweighted in any one sector, but until we can start regaining some, some income through things like preferreds and other, and, and frankly, new preferreds that get issued in the next eight months, if there are any, are not going to be paying a dividend um, like like we're getting from 
from some of these utility stocks. So I would tell you, um, Linda, that you need to be thinking about uh, going into another utility uh, that you um, maybe don't own. And I think that would be uh, the thing to do. I I don't think you mentioned um, UT74, did you? Do you own that? Uh, I, I don't think I do. Yeah. So no, UT, no, UT74 and UT82, um, <clears throat> you know, there there's some companies, if you are that kind of income investor that I mentioned, where you're using the money to supplement your income, they would be two others that you might want to own that will um, continue to provide income, hopefully, for a long well, time. Well, the UT... Actually, the UT eighty two is what's being replaced. Well, no, the the, the is that, is no, that no, no, right? no, 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 yeah, no. UT, what you're talking about is a preferred that happens to be that company's preferred. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. So this is the same company that had issued the preferred that's being called. But it's it's not a preferred. I see. So it's never going to get called. It won't get called on you. You know, so you won't have to worry about that. Okay. All right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, uh, Linda. I wish you all the best. Thanks. God bless. 610-363-1110-610-363. 1110. If you want to queue your call up, you're welcome to do it. We have a line open. Um, We'll get right back to calls as soon as we get back. Uh, By the way, there are others that own that preferred. It's getting called. Uh, Boy, I've hit that nail on the head. I said that the vast majority of the preferreds on my list are going to get called this year. And uh, here we are uh, a little more than halfway through the year. Most of them have been called. We'll be right back right after this. T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan so you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal Awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. All right, let's get back to phone, 610-363-1110, 610-363-1110. Uh, let me go to uh, Margaret. Margaret's calling us from Texas. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Dan. I uh, appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I appreciate all that you're doing. You've helped me a whole lot. I'm looking at, um, you mentioned the other day, uh, maybe a week or so ago, that you, your dividends automatically went into your checking account. How did you do that? I'm with Fidelity, and they're saying it doesn't look like it's an automatic thing. I'm trying to figure out how can I get my dividends to go automatically into my checking account, or do I have to go there myself and do it? No, no, no. You can set that up with Fidelity. 
So with fidelity. Yeah. Uh Okay. So So, they will give you either give you a form or get your information and they will set it up so that it automatically gets deposited into your checking account. And that's my personal checking account. Yes, correct. Correct. So remember, remember, Margaret, if you're doing that with the dividends from the stocks that are in your IRA, then you you'll get a 1099 to pay tax on those dividends. Uh-huh. But now if I'm doing it from stocks that are just that are just in my uh, Yeah, that's that's fine. Okay. And so yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So that, I did talk to someone but they just they didn't indicate that I could do it without going individually and checking it every 3 months and having it put in. So there is no. a form I can Okay, yes. Well, I'll, I'll yes. About that. Uh, yep. Yeah. And um, anyhow, I'm going. I'm taking for since I'm an income investor, I'm taking what you have suggested, and I'm filling out what I have now. Uh, I have my utilities uh, done as far as the stocks for the income, and uh, I'll be putting in more later. But I have to roll over. A, another IRA from another institution and they're proprietary products. So they'll have to, I'll do that so, I'll cross yeah. That when I come. Yeah. Uh, but I need to kind of figure it out. I'm trying to take out as much as I can without uh, upping my taxes too much. But like if I, I can only take out 4,500 at this point, but I know that, I'm thinking, okay, what if I take out 30000 and go ahead and have the tax paid on it? Is that Does that make my whole income at the higher tax bracket, or does that just make the uh, extra income over my, like, let's say I'm at a 40000 break, okay, then I, the next is a 80000 break. Does that make any income over that? Uh, tax at the higher one, or does that yes. make the whole cut? No, it makes it, it makes no, it makes the whole. Uh, it puts you all your money is now taxed at the higher bracket. So oh, okay. if you make forty and you take forty out of your IRA, the you now the entire eighty thousand is in the higher tax bracket. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out, but since taxes are going up, oh my, I just, it's hard to know what to do since taxes are going to go up. Yeah, it is hard. I, it, it, I'm tempted to take a whole 40000 out, and maybe I'll end up with $30,000, uh, yeah. but at least I'll have that. If they do, I know I understand that's law now, they just haven't grabbed it yet. Right, right. Uh, how 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 much they, longer are you going to work? Uh, I'm not working. I'm retired. Oh, you're not working now. Okay. I'm an income only investor. And so um, it's in Northwestern Mutual, and I called you a few days ago last week, and you said Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what income you get, is it primarily uh, dividend and investment income? No, my income, basically, I have a pension. Okay, Uh, okay. and I have Social Security, which equals about thirty-three or thirty-seven thousand, 
and I had told you a couple of months back I was short about a thousand. You said if I invested like three hundred, which I have about three hundred, if you include the rollover, that mm-hmm. I should get about a thousand a month at four percent. So that's my goal. Um, and then I talked to you about rolling over, but I'm trying to figure out how much can I take out because if it's going, I have like a hundred. I have 165 in IRA, and and I think already uh, about 80,000 is in cash. I've already Mm -hmm. sold it. It's in cash, and then I have about another 84,000 that's in actual investments within the IRA. So I'm just trying to figure out how much can I take out and be guaranteed to have it that they can't grab what's the qualified money. If What's um Margaret? What does somebody do your taxes? I do them. I've always oh, done you do. them, but okay. with with all so, the stocks and everything, it's going to get more complicated. So I'm not sure. I do well. It's taxes. it's yeah. It's probably going to believe it or not. It'll get less complicated because you know you you're you're not going to have dividends aren't counted to you as income. So yeah, really. Yeah, there. That's why people like Warren Buffett say, you know, uh, I make, I make less than my secretary. Well, yeah, because all his his income is sec, his secretary is probably making, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a year, and all his dividends are all his money is dividends. You know, wealthy people pay little income tax because so much of their income is dividends. Ah. It's not income, so. I um, now I know I have to take out. The, I'm 79. I have to take out the required minimum distribution, but I thought the dividends were income too, so they're not. So the so the no no in an IRA they are. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the IRA, anything you take out, dividend or not, is income to you. But what, wanna, but if you're taking some dividends from a non-IRA that you're adding to your other income, that doesn't count to income, that dividend income, if it's not an IRA account. Yeah. Okay. The tricky part is how much can I take out? If I go to the 80000 If let's say I take out 35000 because I know I'm going to have some from the required minimum distribution. If I took out 30000 cash, or I'm trying to figure out how much can I get out without without paying a tremendous amount of taxes, but I'd rather, if I took out 30000 I'd rather get 20000 of mine and give them the $10,000 taxes. Yeah, well, they'll hold taxes. Just tell them to hold 15%. You know, okay. and when, they, when you take money out, even if you don't feel like you need them to, you'll always get it back. You know, you'll get it back if you don't use it. But I would just say I would just tell them when you take money, I would tell them to hold hold the taxes. Most most companies will require it that they hold taxes, uh-huh. but you would tell them that if they didn't. Okay, yeah, I feel like I'm better off getting the money out before they raise the taxes on it, and which they will do, or they'll grab all the qualified money. And you know the way they're spending, I feel like they're looking to grab what they can, and they will. Yeah, I, and they're going to ra- they're going to raise taxes. Taxes are going to continue to go up. So, if you're okay uh-huh. with paying the tax, I would probably pay some more tax. Now, okay. Well, I think I think I go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I would pay the tax now. 
you know, on some okay. of that money. Yeah. And take out eighty thousand, and yeah, and pay the on it. Yeah, and let I mean, my it, listen. If yeah. you're okay doing it, I'm okay telling you to do it. Uh, only yeah. because you're going to pay it sometime. I'd rather you pay it now. Yeah, and my kids are going to pay it when I kick the yep. bucket. It's even going to be worse I, for your kids. Yeah, so yep. I'll take out as much as I can. I might take out all the cash and then just. Uh, and then we'll deal with selling it, you know, rolling it over after I get the cash okay. out. Yep. All right. Well, so All right. Much. Sure I'm thing. Th- All right. Thanks, All right. Margaret. I appreciate Bye. you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let me go to um, Sherry. Sherry calling from Texas. Hey, Sherry. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good. Good, good to talk to you again. We talked back in May. Um, I'm a partner, and I was had called you about some of my Timothy, um, and I have the TM22 and the ETF1, and I noticed on my asset allocation model I have both of those, and it says to have either or, but uh-huh. you told me to keep the TM22 because it was a good foundational. Yeah. So... I'm a little confused on um, what to do as far as the new ETF five and six. If those I should incorporate in. Yeah. How old are you, Sherry? I'm 55. Yeah, I mean you're right on the borderline. I I probably are you still working or you have income? Yes, sir. Ten to fifteen. Okay, then I would I wouldn't uh, no I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't change that. I'd leave it alone. Okay. I would tell you that in five years, maybe, but I, I wouldn't be concerned about it now. I would just okay. stick with the way you have it. Yep. There's the TM29, which is um, about 10% in my portfolio. Should I be concerned about that at this time or still wait until what you say in the, you know, in the conference call, just kind of hold on till everything really changes? I would hold on and contribute to it if if it dips. So if it goes down, um, that's something that you want to add to, but I would hold to it. Okay. And so I also heard you, and I'm, I just want you to be know that I have listened to the conference call several times to not be, um, oh, can I ask you about the stock? Sure. Um, okay. I've got like, uh-huh. Let me put you on hold. We're coming up against a break. Yep. All right, folks, we'll be right back. 610-363-1110. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. (sighs) Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. So I was talking to Sherry, Sherry Cohen from Texas. Go ahead, Sherry. Okay, 
yeah. So just to clarify, you want me to hold on to TM29 and add to that as I can? Yes. Okay. And then the other thing was, in your conference call, you talked about being 55 or over, and if you have stocks over 50%, you wouldn't mind us selling out if we can't stand it any longer. But <laughs> would you, if I've got 10 stocks that are anywhere from 50 to 300%, should I, one of those was the HC92, and you told the gentleman the other day to sell out everything in that. So what? how do I use that information to decide whether to just stay in them until you say get out, or should I go ahead and Well, I would, I would definitely sell that one stock that I was talking to that okay. uh, fell about. Because are okay. you up more than 200% in that? I'm up 340%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would sell it. You've been a partner for a while, it sounds like. How long have you yes, been a partner? Uh-huh. A, a long time. About eight or nine years. Yeah, I can tell. Wow, when you have all that. I It's hard. I, I don't know that I would sell any of the others. I think that the others that you're up have become really good foundational stocks. What you might want to consider doing is put a... Um, uh, without me knowing the stocks, I can't say. But without, without you know, maybe putting a stop loss in if you're really worried about it. But you said something about working another eight to fifteen years, and uh, you know, I th- I think that uh, they're going to end up being pretty good foundations. I'm not saying they're not going to dip and drop on you. They will. But let me let me tell you generally what's hap- what happens, um, and I'm just going back the last 132 years of the market, um, almost every single time, I don't know of any time that it hasn't. If they do dip, those stocks that are up that much and they drop dramatically, they will likely come back with a vengeance. They usually do. So if you were up 30, uh, 40 or 50%, before the big dip or drop, um, in short order, when the market turns around, you'll be up 80 or 90% before you even know it. So that generally is what ha- what happens. And that's why it's such great foundational uh, uh, positions. So I would get rid of the one 350% for that particular type of company. That company to me is more about the sector that it's in and what they do than it is just being up 350% or whatever you're up in that. But I, that, because of that, I would say sell. But for, for the most part, uh, the others, I think just leave them in there. I think they'll be good foundational stocks. Yeah, that's what happened on the last one. They came all back right within two to three months, that yep. last big yep. dip. And yeah. so they're like IT43, CD32, mm-hmm. HC92, well, that one we're, we're going to sell, but um, I42. So these are all ones that were on your list that I purchased and yeah. have had long-term. So um, I feel like they will all come back if we take a dip like they did the last time, hopefully. Yeah, they will. They will. And so, some of them won't okay. dip hardly at all. So I would just hang in there. You're a great uh okay. You're, uh, you, you give a great testimony just by that of uh, 
how important it is to just follow the plan and stick with the partnership. And um, you're, you're, uh, you, will, you are the best financial advisor for your account that you'll ever meet. So yes. um, stick to well, what you're doing. I have to attribute... I have to attribute a lot of that to you, Dan. You've just given us so much confidence in doing it for ourselves and looking at your asset allocation, and I just keep keep looking at it and keep being sure everything in line. And, and that's, so that's I great. just can't tell you much how much we appreciate you. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I, I appreciate okay. that. It's a, great, it's a great encouragement to me. Thank you so much. Well, we're praying for you, and we hope your health gets moves forward and just praying God's blessing on you. Mm, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, Sharon. Okay. Yep. Take care. God bless. All right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, folks, I'm heading to the doctors, uh, to, for an, um, the Mayo clinic for two days. So I'm going, going back up, be up there, um, leaving right here after this hour and, um, be back tomorrow night. So, um, so all afternoon, all day tomorrow, and uh, I don't know. I hope we find. I hope we learn something because it sure is killing me. But uh, I, I know we'll 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 uh, learn something. And and uh, God, I pray, is using the doctors as collaborators with Him, and um, that we are you know getting on the right track. Um, I don't. I can't get better, so I don't care about that. I'm good right now, like the way I am. It's you know scars are scars. You can't you can't heal them. But uh, God can, but they, they can't. But they can keep it from getting worse, and that's what we're praying for. So you can pray uh, with us on that. Let me go to Jana real quick. Jana, oh, she's not, I can't get her, I can't get her on. Okay, uh, Matt from North Carolina. Hey, Matt. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, great. Hey, listen, I appreciate that. And, um, sure. I just became a partner um, about a month ago or, or so. And so I've taken my uh, portfolio and I've been adjusting it to the asset allocations, like your previous caller said. Or one, uh, it, uh-huh. it is a wonderful tool. It's really good, and we appreciate that. Um, in doing that, however, um, I'm still way out of balance with some of the stocks, but I've started scalping some of the ones that were worse. And I'm incurring, for instance, a, about a $20,000 tax liability on capital gains just from the, the one move I made. Um, that said, also I've been taking the dividends and then rotating them back into, um, the ones on your house, you know, to, to balance yep, yep. my account. Right. Um, but anyway, so the one thing is, is that, that I kind of stopped because that on the, on the selling of the stocks, because that 20,000 capital gains, I don't know if I should just leave that alone and start again next year or just suck the bullet. Or is there another way to offset the capital gains? Like, you know, I know you last week, I believe you talked about gifting offset that. And, you know, yeah. it's to the church locally or stuff, just doing a, a large, right. um, you know, stock gift. I just, those are a couple of different things I'm bouncing out. Um, yeah, they're the be- that's the best way to offset other than losses, obviously, to offset yeah. uh, capital gains. Capital gains is uh, really hard to offset from you know a legal perspective irs perspective so gifting is always the best way and that way you get to give your church money that they can use 100 percent of you don't get any taxes they don't get any taxes and all the gain gets used so that would that's always the best way the other thing i would say to you matt is don't get too consumed with trying to get 
in balance. I, I said this earlier in the year at the end of the third, first quarter uh, or towards the end of the first quarter that, you know, don't, don't, let's not even talk about rebalancing your portfolio. Yes, I want you to be in balance other than putting new money to work and putting new money to work, obviously, in the areas that are underweighted, not in areas that are already overweighted. That's one way you can help offset the, the uh, rebalancing. But um, I think we've got to uh, give ourselves some grace there on the rebalancing because what we've had, we've had some stocks that have, that have grown dramatically, uh, and that's skewing our, our uh, weighting. And so I, I don't think we should uh, get too carried away doing it. I would leave it go. Tell you the truth, Matt, I would probably tell you, keep buying, keep doing what you're doing, reinvesting or whatever you're doing. But I probably wouldn't be too consumed once you get all your asset allocation filled, all your sectors. Um, I would get all your sectors filled, get your all the monies, maybe you have other monies from different accounts that are transferring in to a particular account or that you have to get onto the portfolio tracker, even though they're in other accounts, because we like to count that all as one pot. And when you do that, um, when, you're, when you're saying, okay, everything's pretty much set now, then at that point, it's time to start thinking about rebalancing. And, and if that were to happen between now and the end of the year, I probably still wouldn't rebalance. I would probably uh, wait until sometime in the middle of the quarter next year. Okay. All right. And so I guess my strategy, except for that one big sell-off, because I was on one of my tech stocks, I was like probably 15 to 20 times more than any way out of balance. And so I just right, right. nuked uh, uh, one-third of it just to be conservative. I probably should have took a half or more, but uh, to get it even close to where it's supposed to be. But I took a third. I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I put it in some um, utilities, which I had none. So I, and using your, your buy list and everything, um, which is, was very impressive the way it worked out in a very short run already. Um, but also the dividend income, that's one of my goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But, um, yeah, but, but so I've been, so just continue with the dividend repurchasing to balance my, my allocations, yep. which won't be a, a big jump, but it'll help. It'll whittle away at it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then just, um, now on the, um, on the cap, it's, it's about 20,000. So uh, given what you just told me, I probably won't do another one. So it's probably just going to be a $20,000 capital gains tax liability opposed to, I was thinking about another 10, but I'm going to leave that alone. Um, the, is there some forms or stuff I need to do to do the, because if I understood it correctly, the ta- I don't run out of time, but the taxes, I mean, the, the, the stock, if I give it before it's cashed in, even though it's like, say, up 50 Oh, yeah, you can't cash it in. you got to give the stock. Yeah, exactly. So and you would call the church, get their account uh-huh. number and their DTC number, um, mm-hmm. and you give it. People call Pat. Pat gives them the information for us, and then they put it in okay. our account, then we sell it. Yep. Okay. And, and the, then the, the quick question itself. is, it- yep. And and you get a charitable deduction for a hundred percent of what you gave, the value of it, a hundred percent. All right, folks, uh, we got to run. Uh, hope you have a great Jesus day. Said, More financial issues have, after this. Give it to the poor. Take up the cross. Follow me. It's not your money I want. I want your heart. 
Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. You don't want to pay more than you have to. At Echo Park Atlanta in Duluth and Marietta, we echo that. Our vehicles are always the lowest price, up to $3,000 less than our competition. Find your next vehicle today at echopark.com. Echo Park Automotive. Lower prices, higher quality, better experience. At Buckingham, we're obsessed with taxes. We're obsessed with retirement. We're obsessed with higher education. We even obsess about how the best way to fund higher education varies case by case and how something as small as the name on a loan can have significant impact on aid eligibility as well as its tax efficiency. All this to say, we obsess so you don't have to. We'll be the trusted partner to design, build, and protect your financial life so you can just be. Buckingham Strategic Wealth. Live in the now. enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on itunes You're a new mom, and there are a lot of things to learn. Breastfeeding your baby is one of the most important health decisions you'll make for your child. The Georgia Department of Public Health's WIC program encourages families to learn together and grow together to support breastfeeding moms and provide babies with a healthy start. For more information about WIC breastfeeding support for you and your baby, visit dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. That's dph.georgia.gov slash WIC slash breastfeeding. I yo, this is real talk. You may ready to kick, but you knew that. Knew that. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. It's gonna work out in your face. Keep your head to the sky. Keep your eyes on the grass. Keep your head to the sky. Keep your eyes on the grass. You know. I just want to be who God called me to be, you know? I, I just want to be free from this. But there's this, this anger, there's this pride, and there's this hatred and jealousy. And it's, it's, it's like there's a monster inside of me, you know? And I, I, just, I just want to be free. You know? I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm about to destroy, self-destruct it. I, I'm going to self-destruct it any second now. If somebody doesn't help me, somebody, somebody please, help me, help me. I'm losing my mind. I just want to be free. I just want to be free. I just want to be who God calls me to be, you know? How about to self-destruct? Yo, I want to talk to you today from the topic before I self-destruct. What is is self-destruction? What is self-destruction? We're going to look at that, and we're also going to look at the um, the first thing that causes us to get tripped up. Uh, let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, may your name always be kept holy. I'm asking at this time that you help us look at your word and understand what it says and apply it to our lives and that we would share it with others so that uh, we're not the only ones avoiding self-destructive behaviors, but those close to us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Speak through your boy. Have your way. Forgive me for anything I've said or done that's not pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's get it. 
Once again, this is Real Talk with A-Ray. Welcome back to the show. I have actually been doing a lot of other stuff, so I haven't been able to really be on this show like I I, I want to be, like I, I used to be, but it's okay because we're getting back in the hang of things. We're getting back in the groove of things. So I want to get right into it. What is What does it mean to self-destruct? Well, Self-destruction is any type of behavior that harms a person, but not only that person, but the people around that person. Uh, when you, before you self-destruct, before you self-destruct, I want to give you these messages because, see, a lot of times we know about this self-destruction caused by uh, drug addiction and the self-destruction by, you know, caused by bad choices, this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you what's behind that is something spiritual. Uh, it happens first in the spiritual realm. Hear me out. Uh, sin. That's what it is. Sin. I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show that don't rock with God uh, the way I do, but I want you to know. I want everyone to know that that I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much you think that the that the physical realm is just one realm. There's a whole nother realm of the invisible realm. It's the spiritual realm. And there's a lot of things happening and going on, there is enemies fighting against us, God's people, and they're after us to destroy us because we're created in the image of God and they hate it. So, so, so a lot of times we, when we think it's just, oh, it ran in the family. No, what it is, it, it's the enemy. Uh, he, it's his plot to take out your family because he, he knows God has called you and the people around you in your family to great things, big things, things that, that if you got with God, when you linked up with God, it would transform and change the whole world. So, so of course he sends attacks, he sends demons. And, and so what happens is we get so caught up on thinking, oh, that just runs in a family, that just runs in a family. But I come by to tell you, behind the scenes, it is a spiritual warfare going on. There's a whole fight. Paul says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and and, and things on another level, things on a, in another rim. So my brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that, that behind those self-destructive behaviors is that it's sin. It's sin. There's a plot against you. There's an assassination attack uh, on your life. But God said, don't even trip because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But what do you do? What do you do when, when you have created the weapon, loaded the weapon up, and aimed it at your own life? Well, that's why I'm putting together this little uh, short podcast series uh, called Before I Self-Destruct. So self-destruction is harmful behavior that can destroy a person first in his spirit and then it manifests uh, in the physical realm. And today I want us to look at Obadiah, Obadiah chapter 1 verses 3 uh, through 4, uh, Obadiah's shortest, shortest prophetic book. Uh, but it's, it's deep. It's so good. And we're not going to look at everything in, in, in its entirety. Uh, for all my preacher friends that listen, listen, I know I'm going to be breaking some rules when it comes to, uh, uh, some, some, some biblical preaching, but just, just walk with me because there is a word from the Lord and the word of God says from the new King James version, the pride of your heart has deceived you. This is the prophet. This is God speaking through the prophet to tell, uh, um, to tell uh, Edom, 
that, hey, it's about to be over for you. It's about to be a wrap for you. And why? Because the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who dwell in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high. You who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Oh, check this out. Though you ascend as high as the eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars, from from there I will bring you down, says the Lord. That's Obadiah chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And if you think there's more chapters to Obadiah, you got the wrong book because there's only one chapter. So, so pride, pride is the thing here that is going to cause Edom's destruction. And let's keep it 100. At the root of a lot of stuff in our life, pride is there. Pride is there. Um, destruction, my friends, is, is imminent if we live a life of pride. Now, hold up. Wait a minute. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm proud of the Frederick Bombers, or I'm proud of the Bulldogs, or I'm proud of the, the Sooners, or I'm proud of the Hookem, Texas Longhorns. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a different type of pride that says you are the best and there's no one better than you. I'm talking about the pride that does not look or seek God's face because you think you are God, that you, you think you have it made. And my brothers and sisters, the, the destruction is imminent if we live a life of this type of pride. Pride destroys everything it touches and only leads to destruction. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I love what C.S. Lewis said in, in Mere Christianity. A, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. And that's what pride does. It causes you to look down on other people and, and, and look down on other people's situations. And, and because you're doing that, you do not focus on on God who is above. As a matter of fact, Paul says, he tells us that, uh, that, that, that we should have our mind set on things above. And if your mind is not set on things above, what is it set on? Hmm. So pride is, pride is taking what the Lord has given us and claiming it as our own. But did you not read what the psalmist says? That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell in it. In other words, God runs this thing. He owns this thing. He's given you what you got uh, just to manage it, to be a good steward over it. That does not mean you've earned it. It does, not, it does not mean it's yours. And if you don't believe me, go to a funeral. I don't care who dies. I don't care how much stuff it is. They're not going to take it with them when they go. Why? Because it wasn't theirs in the first place. Understand with me, friends, the blessings we have are only ours because the Lord has allowed us to have them. And in our text today, in our text today, God deals with Edom's issue of pride. God speaks to the prophet Obadiah, who delivers this very stern message of judgment and destruction for the entire nation of Edom. Edom's downfall was a result of their own pride, arrogance, and, and, and mistreatment of God's people, Israel. Let me, let me give you a little background here. So what happens is, uh, is the Israelites messed up. They got out of line. God said, look, hey, I got to take care of you. I got to discipline you. And you have to understand, my brothers and sisters, that first off, if I'm talking a little fast, just listen a little faster, all right? But you have to understand that, that God loves you when he disciplines you. The Bible says God loves those he, 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 loves those he disciplines. Or, I'm sorry, he disciplines those he loves. 
And so he has discipline. He, by the way of the Babylonians, the Babylonians come to, to enslave the Israelites. And during this process, if you go back and you read Obadiah, you, you can see this later on in the chapter. During this process, uh, the Edomites were there and they even stopped some people from fleeing. They even uh, captured some people. They did everything but help God's people. And so God is saying, God is saying, listen, listen, listen. I didn't forget what you did to my people. And this wasn't the first time that the Edomites had done such things to, to God's people. And God is a God who, who doesn't forget. That's why he says, don't trip. Don't even go and get vengeance because vengeance is mine. Thus says the Lord, but vengeance, that's a whole nother self-destruction uh, uh, topic for another day. So, and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker right here. If, if, if the Edomites were to purchase an ancestry kit and send it in their DNA, the results of their ancestry, check this out, would be found in Esau. Now, who is Esau? Esau is one of Isaac's sons. Esau is the twin brother of Jacob. Literally, they came out the womb fighting each other. Uh, go back and read it. It's in, it's in Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 through 26. And uh, Esau, what, what, he, what he does is he trades in his birthright and he trades his birthright into Jacob. And he's no longer the he's no longer gets the blessing. But but because and because of this, he had beef with Jacob for a little bit. But even though they smashed their beef, they they put that to the side. They they linked up. They hugged it out. Uh, they 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 celebrated. They loved each other. They were re, they were reconciled to one another uh, years, years later on down the road, the Edomites are Esau's descendants, and they still have a problem with Jacob's descendants, the Israelites. And I said that to say this, that a lot of times, a lot of problems that we have, oh, oh, it's not from the enemy. Sometimes it's from our own family. They, 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 will, they, they will sit there and kick you while you're down, while everybody else is kicking you while you're down, instead of helping you get back up on your, up on your feet. Oh, uh, you think them rumors came from strangers? Nah, them rumors, that mess that's going on in your life, that came from your family. Uh, but hold on, let me stop, let me stop, let me get back to it, let me get back to this. But pride is a great, great uh, contributor uh, to relational problems. And we see that. And so, so Edom, Edom, the Edomites, they, they also were prideful. Uh, they also were prideful because of their ge- geographical location. You see, the text tells us they, they have made their home in the cliffs. They had a mighty, uh, stronghold. A, they had a mighty setup. Like, like, it, it, they, they were so strong that they could, um, when, when, when it was wartime, they could engage in guerrilla warfare and get the best of their enemies. So, because of, they had all these things going for them. And I believe one, one writer tells us, tells us, one historian, biblical historian writer tells us that, that they also were, in, they were in control of uh, some of the trade uh, routes at that time or routes at that time. And so these people are puffed up with pride. They're puffed up with pride. But God tells them, he he straight up tells them, let's read this again. He says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who dwell in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high. You who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? And God says, your pride is going to bring you down to the ground. God is getting ready to repay them. Pride, like all sins, my brothers and sisters, is a problem of the heart. Pride only results in shame and disgrace. 
That's what Proverbs 11.2 tells us. Uh, 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 pride also results in a narrow mindset. That's what Proverbs, Proverbs 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through 13 tells us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 17 tells us that pride is, it leads up to a haughty set of eyes. And uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 tells us that pride brings strife. And Proverbs 25, 14 tells us that pride brings self-exhaustion, uh, um, exaltation rather. And in Proverbs 15, 25 tells us that pride brings self-destruction. Uh, you see, understand with me, pride promises a lot, especially self-gratification, but, but it only brings destruction to everything it touches. And you see, Edom's problem was that, was that their inner pride was based on outer securities and a lack of accountability to God. And my brothers and sisters, that's our problem with pride today, that, that it, we have no accountability or we think because of our pride that we don't need any accountability. We, we, don't, we don't need to confess our sins to anyone. Well, because pride tells us that we have no sin. Pride tells us that we've done no wrong. Pride tells us that we're always in the right. Pride tells us that, that everyone else is beneath you and that they have to answer to you. Pride tells us these things. And because pride tells us these things and we fall for the lie of pride, we end up self-destructing but but i come by to tell you today before you self-destruct uh, humble yourself before the lord uh, all let that pride go confess your sin of pride to god and let him raise you up god knows how to elevate you to to a level of of of, of blessings god knows how to elevate you to where he needs you to be in life but but your pride will keep you going around in circles yeah, you got to let go of that pride. You got to let go of that pride. Let me let me slow down right here and, and, and share this story I heard about, man, my favorite. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. And I heard this story about Ali getting on this airplane. And the crazy thing about this story that I'm about to tell, tell you is that at one point in Muhammad Ali's life, he was terrified of airplanes. Well, of course, by this time, uh, he, I guess he was comfortable enough uh, to get on airplanes. I guess, you know, being uh, the heavyweight champion of the world, the greatest of all times, uh, is what he always would say. Um, a bad man, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. But anyway, anyway, back to what I'm saying. Um, at this time, at this point in his career, I guess he was he was familiar and, and, and was prepared for it and was used to it. And so the flight attendant says, hey, yo, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, hey, you need to buckle up. And Ali looks at the flight attendant and says, Superman don't need to buckle up. And the flight attendant <laughs> looks at Ali without skipping a beat and tells him straight up, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> but <laughs> I share that. I share that story with you to say, perhaps we have gotten the same way in areas of our life. We feel we are invincible in certain areas because of familiarity. But my brothers and sisters, may we never, ever, ever lose sight of the fact that God enables each of us with the daily strength we need. I mean, the Bible says it's in him we live and move and have our being. My brothers and sisters, you cannot even catch your next breath in a fast car. God is the reason why we have the things we have. God is the reason why we're blessed. God is the reason why we uh, got the job. God is the reason why we have the car. God is the reason why we have achieved any type of success in our life. It, it was, it's all God. It's all God. And, and I want you to know, I want you to know, you don't have to self-destruct. 
You don't have to self-destruct. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, pride, pride will cause you to self-destruct. And then, you know, I know a lot of people, there's this poem. I remember we, we did it in high school. You know, when you have to memorize the lines and stuff like that. But uh, I, I can't remember who, it, who it's by, and I should have did my homework a little bit better. But uh, it goes like, uh, I'm the master of my own fate. And that's the type of arrogance that the Edomites had. That's the type, that is the type of pride and arrogance that the Edomites had. And this type of arrogance, my friends, my friends, it, it must have, it, it must have been the reason why God says, "Listen, listen, enough is enough. You are not the master of your own fate. You are not in charge. I am." And if you read to the end of Obadiah, and I pray you go back and you read that one chapter of Obadiah. Some of y'all don't even read anything anyway, so just go if you get a chance read Obadiah that one chapter. It won't take you but but a, a good little five minutes, if that. But my brothers and sisters, please, please ask God to show you in your life where you have let pride ride. And then allow God to pull over the car and together kick out that sin of pride. And please do it before you self-destruct. This ain't ready, kid. This is real talk. But you knew that. Knew that. Choose your savings at Excel Federal Credit Union. We're ready to help you get behind the wheel of your next car or truck with two ways to save on your auto loan from Excel Federal Credit Union. Rates as low as 0.99% APR for up to 60 months or up to $500 cash back. You can even refinance your current vehicle and take advantage of these great savings. Call or text APPLY to 770-441-9235 or go to excelfcu.org. APR equals annual percentage rate. Rates and terms subject to creditworthiness and our underwriting standards. Restrictions apply. See Credit Union for full disclosure. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.